Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 238. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me this evening. He is back home in Las Vegas. He's actually at the PFL right now as we speak. But you know I wouldn't come empty-handed. I think I have upped our game a little bit more. We've got familiar face, familiar friend to the show, Oscar Willis of the Mac Life. Hello, hello. And a brand new addition to the show, the newcomer, the young Nolan King. Nolan King just making me feel old as hell, making me question all the decisions that I have made in life. And hopefully, you are wise enough as the young man that you are to look across the table and realize that you should be questioning decisions now or you're going to end up like me. There you go. Hey, what, what a guy to learn from, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a great role model. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. We are in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, by the way, which is Nolan King's neck of the woods. We'll get into that in a little bit. Should say that Simon Simano, the boss man, is over there. Uh, he's working. By the way, I think we're doing something right. I mean, the boss man's over there grinding. Mm. We got cocktails in hand, a couple of frosty beverages. No joke. <laughs> no joke. Oscar Willis from the Mac Life does have a bottle of Proper 12, and he is, uh, he's doing his boss proud over there. He's, he's drinking some Proper 12 and uh, having a little Sprite mixed in with that. Well, listen, you didn't have to out the fact that I was being a pussy with it. You know, oh, could have said I was I'm drinking sorry. it straight. Drinking it straight up like a man doesn't From even the put bottle. cube in there. Speaking <laughs> of manly beverages. Yes. Over here, by the way, it, you, I mean, no surprise. A little, a little past blue ribbon. A little award-winning PBR. Meanwhile, Nolan King, um, it's a clear drink over there. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's <laughs> in the glass. I didn't ask. All I know is... It's a clear beverage of some sort. John, that doesn't have any bubbles in it. Yo, it's, the, it's Spike Seltzer. Oh, that's what oh, it is. Oh, he's, yeah. got the, he's got the white claw. Yeah. Did he get the white claw? Just there you go. <laughs> Drain me dry. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the boss uh, man. Oh, he yeah. left you a little bit. There he you left go, you yeah. a little bit. Uh, we're chilling here at our Airbnb, by the way. I, I want to say... I think we did pretty well for ourselves, gentlemen. I mean, mm. hotels were ridiculously expensive this week. Uh, of course, the UFC is in town. Uh, we're here for UFC on ESPN6, Reyes versus Weidman. But I think the real seller in town was the regatta, right? These, uh, what do you call them? Like, I don't know, boat races. They're rowing. Right? They're rowing, rowing boats. Yeah, yeah. Ro- a rowboat. That sounds like <laughs> like a little kid or something. Playing well, I mean, it's not a man's sport. So. Wow. <laughs> Hot sports Oof. opinions being thrown all around there. Oof, just coming into enemy territory and just insulting everyone out here. Nolan, can you explain what that is exactly, though? It's a big deal. Hey, just- maybe if you didn't throw a tear in a river, we'd be a bit more kind <laughs> to you. I don't know about it. <laughs> it's a good, a good time to drop that. But honestly, man, I'm not... Read up on the the whole rowing thing, okay. you know. I wasn't waking up at seven a.m. as a kid, going up there and <laughs> kind of studying the oars, know, watching some tape, and uh, doing some analysis. But well, it's a big deal, though, right? I heard yeah, that, like, it is, it is a it's big sold deal. out yeah. hotels. Which bottom in, in, line is, it forced us into an Airbnb because right. the hotels were insanely yeah. expensive this week. But uh, because was it Harvard or something? Yeah, Harvard and Yale, I think. Uh, I mean. It's a niche thing, but when you get everybody that likes that thing out here, it, it can surely sell out some hotels. So. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to find hotels. So we ended up in Airbnb, but I think we did pretty well it's for great. ourselves. We got a, a nice big house that we're all kicking it in. We're at the uh, dining room table right now, or big great room table. Uh, in the by the way, the neighborhood. Can you can you tell us about the neighborhood because you yeah. revealed you you broke some news right. that we are. This is this is the old stomping grounds of, of Whitey Bulger, the, the infamous <laughs> character who forced Dana White out of Boston into Las Vegas. There it is. Yeah, we're in the we're in Winter Hill right now in Somerville, and that's uh, that was Whitey Bulger's old stomping grounds, and it's cha- changed a lot over the the, uh, the years. It's become 
Uh, it's gone from a, a poor neighborhood to kind of a, a mixed bag. You know, it's it's got uh, college kids. It has ethnic communities that have moved into Somerville. It's it's all over the place. But this was his you know his stomping ground. And I like it. I don't know, man. You know, those tabloid newspapers say he's still not dead. So. We might be ca- want to be careful. Do they really? The they say he's nah. still around. He's, fi- oh, okay. he's, fi- he's finally come to get Dana. Yeah. He's yeah. coming to get Dana. <laughs> oh man, I agree with that. All right, well, let's get into this card. Uh, it's been an interesting week, by the way, uh, and we'll talk more about that later. We, I, my experience this week, not before I got to Boston, we had some interesting uh, activities go on last week since we did the last uh, road show. So we'll definitely get into that. Oh yeah. But let's talk first <laughs> about uh, USC on ESPN six. Dominic Reyes versus Chris Wyman. Um, this, okay, it's interesting because this card itself, I think as a hardcore fan base, as we are all, you know, definitely hardcores, we're covering every fight. We're talking, I think we're all pretty excited about this card, man. There's some matchups, and we'll, and we'll, you know, we'll get into, you know, some of the undercard stuff that's guys excited. But as far as the main event, I think this is intriguing because it's definitely not like, uh, you know, a championship matchup or maybe necessarily even – 100% clear stakes. But I am very intrigued by this because you've got Dominic Reyes, who seems to be the number one contender at 205 pounds, right? And it seems to be – I mean, I, I think he's – I mean, he's dropped it in the scrum the other day, right, that he says he's been told it's a number one contender's fight. So it's – you know, he, that he's out there. Now, Corey Anderson and Johnny Walker might have something to say about that in a couple weeks, so we'll find out about that. But, you know, this could potentially be a number one contender's matchup. I think it's a fight – that people want to see. I think people want to see the undefeated contender against John Jones, except that Dominic is lacking a little bit. And I like Dominic a lot, man. He's a good dude. He's a self-admitted MMA junkie fan. Um, so, they, they, you know, automatically gets respect right there. You Absolutely, know? of course. But he, he does lack a little bit of charisma, right? I mean, he doesn't necessarily – he isn't – you know, we, we heck, we were talking about Israel Adesanya dripping with star power, and you just see right away, and you're like, that guy has got something. You know, Dominic Reyes isn't that guy. Now, it's not – He's not boring. He's not bad. It's just he doesn't he just doesn't quite get it yet. Meanwhile, Chris Weidman moving up from 185 pounds. I think everybody wants to see how he looks. I mean, I thought today on the scales, which is crazy because normally on a Thursday night, as we always record the road show, we're, we're getting ready to do the weigh-ins in the morning. This being a Friday card, we've already seen the officials. We've already seen the ceremonies. We've seen it all. Chris Weidman, to me, does look good at 205 pounds. It looks like it's probably a better weight class for him, but – he is definitely smaller than Dominic Reyes. There's no question about that. Um, and Chris Weidman, I think the questions around him are, you know, does he still have it? You know, did he lose something, or or or, or is he good? You know, is this a fresh start for him? He says, you know, this feels like new energy and all that, but I, I don't know. So it, to me, it's an intriguing fight, but it's one that I don't think is necessarily captivating the masses. I don't know that it's a number one contender fight for Chris Weidman. I, I think it is probably a number one contender fight for Dominic Reyes. Unless Corey Anderson or Johnny Walker has something to say about that <laughs> mm. in a couple weeks. So, I don't know. Nolan, give, give me your, your, your thoughts. I mean, uh, a home game for you here, sir. I'm sure you're excited to to, to be uh, your first one as part of the MMA Junkie yes, crew sir. here yeah, in Boston. Perfect. But give, give me your thoughts on this main event. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said. I, I think Dom Reyes, he's earned his spot here. Um, he is, in my opinion, the number one contender if, if he were to beat Weidman. Uh, but, yeah, I just I get where you're coming from. It's, I don't really know how to, how to put words around it, but he, he just – He's trying. He's authentic. He says the right things. He's not afraid to give his opinion. You know, the other day when he was talking about Weidman's chin, he said, I think it's done. I think his problem is that he's getting knocked out. It's not – he didn't give a technical answer. He just said he's been getting knocked out. So I get it, but at the same time, fans just – I don't think necessarily maybe it's his newness, just the way that the division is. 
whatever. Uh, I just think that they they might. I don't know. They just have never really grabbed onto him and 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 shown him any love. So right. I think with Weidman coming in, he's lost a little bit of his it factor too. I mean, you know, he, he obviously was a draw for a while, and he's suffered some losses. And I think maybe just the duration of time that he's been out, you know, fighting infrequently, on losing, you know, mostly losing his fights. I think just in people's minds, it's been you know two years that Chris Weidman's been in the losing column, right? You know, stuff like that. So. I think that's really where this comes from. But in in a technical, you know, if you're looking at the division and everything, I think it makes a lot of sense for for both fighters going Does. forward. It's a big opportunity for yeah. Wyman coming in. I mean, they didn't, they didn't. I mean, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, in a lot of ways, I almost feels weird that Wyman took this fight. Like you're moving up to kind of reinvent yourself at light heavyweight, and you certainly didn't get, give yourself a a, a, a gimme fight but coming isn't, in. Isn't that Wyman's biggest problem? Ever since he's taken the loss, he refuses to take like a chiller. Mm. Wasn't that a big criticism? Like, I feel Jack Ray, all he fights is killers. True. And it's like, why not take a step back? Even when, even when people are trying to clamor for him to like, hey man, maybe just take like a, just drop down a little bit. You know, we don't really nope. do tune up fights in this sport, but if you could get something near to it, that wouldn't hurt you. But he, he never does. So I don't think it's out of character for Chris to, to take this sort of fight. So I, I, it made sense for him, but I think uh, going on, you know, just banking on Nolan's points of previewing the fight. With Dominic Reyes, it's kind of weird. Like like you said, he's saying the right things and the fans aren't necessarily grabbing onto it. But I do wonder if he is, let's say, a spectacular win over a named guy away from clicking with the fans, right? Right. Like Darren Till was... I, I, for some reason, Darren Till came to my mind. Darren Till was nobody until he starched Cerrone. And then he was somebody. That's true. You know what I mean? And so I wonder if this is the thing where Reyes, like, if, if Reyes just kills Wyman in the first round, you know, just starches him, suddenly he might be like, and then his words just, it might have a bit more gravity to it, and suddenly it might caught on with. And then I also thought with Darren Till, I don't know why he's, maybe it's because English is just in my mind, but with, when, with the moving up, with the moving up in weight <laughs> thing, seeing him on the scales today, I can't imagine Darren Till looking anything other than better at 185 right. because his cut to 170 was so drastic, yeah, so on. insane. He's, I mean, I'm not saying he might beat Kelvin, but he's going to look better. Whereas Weidman, to me, man, I think maybe when he was younger, he was more of a natural 205er than he is now because he's trained his body to be a 185er now because on the scales, like he didn't look... When you think of someone moving up in weight to stop those drastic weight cuts, you suddenly imagine them to be this big ballooned, like, oh, this is their real size. Right. He didn't look that much bigger than me. See, that's what I was going to ask you. So I was sending some text messages back and forth today with Anthony Beach, our good friend from Latchkey Brewing. He was uh, wanting to know how things were going out here, and I was talking to him. And, and I told him, I said, listen, because I think we all wanted to see Wyman up close to 205 pounds, right? How does he look? And I will say, he did not look – I mean, he didn't look out of – I mean, he was a huge 185er, right? So, to me, he didn't look like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Why is he in this division? But at the same time, you are right. Like, he didn't strike you. It was like, oh, my God, look at this imposing physical presence. I think you might have asked it immediately. Someone asked it immediately, and if I'm getting it wrong, it wasn't John. I'm, I'm sorry. Was but it a good question? It was a fantastic question. It was question. definitely me. It was John. Um, but what I will say is that someone – it might have actually been – it might have actually been noted. <laughs> no, someone said, is, do you think – to Dominic Rez, is he – a real 205 or is he a 185 that's not cutting weight? No, that wasn't me. That was 
I'm not even going to... I'm not going to name... So I, I, so I asked this really good question. <laughs> I asked this really good question. No, uh, someone asked, like, uh, oh, is he a 205 or a 185 sure. that's not cutting weight? Yeah. I think looking up in the scales today, he's a 185 not cutting weight. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, he doesn't have the serious, like, he's, size of a Jones or he's something probably like that. A, he's probably a guy that would do good at, like, a 195, right? There you like, go. Like, one of those right. tweeners. That, start like, plugging man. for it, man. You gotta get on that bandwagon and start plugging for the 195 <laughs> weight class. Yeah. yeah hey Dana, yeah. look, I know you're totally against 165. You know what? Yeah. We're done with that. We agree yeah. with you. Yes. Yeah. How about 195? Yeah. yeah. But but going back to Oscar's point, yeah, I totally agree. I actually said this to James Lynch uh, when we were in the scrum that there's just a certain intangible when you see fighters where sure they step on the scale at 205, come uh, weigh-in day, sure they're the same height or or similar heights, but. Just, Dominic Reyes is just a, a bigger dude than Chris Weidman. Yep. You know, you just get that sense. You're like, this man's a light heavyweight. And I didn't feel that when I saw Chris. And he was talking about his diet. He was very open about it. And he was saying, you know, being off for, for such a long period of time, knowing that he was going to go to 205, it wasn't always easy to keep a good diet. And that was one of the biggest struggles. And then he's back to drinking beer now. So, I mean, if, if oh, he's – God bless. Which God bless. I guess – I guess I'm on my uh, escapade against beer drinkers tonight. But, <laughs> what is this scumbag uh, behavior? Anyways, uh, yeah, so I just it makes me think that – I'm not saying that it is an issue, but it's just something to keep in mind that, you know, maybe the extra weight isn't necessarily good weight. No, and yeah. I, so, so here's the thing. So I do think that size it's going to mean something. The other thing is that when I just look at the matchup itself, I mean, Dominic Reyes is probably the more natural, powerful man, but we have seen Chris Weidman score knockouts as well. Uh, but I do think that, you know – I, I don't think that uh, Dominic Reyes is necessarily going to be like just a fish out of water if this fight goes to the ground. He's got you – know, he's a Joe Stevenson protege. Man, he's got some grappling skills. And I think, you know, of course, Weidman has got some fantastic wrestling chops and some great submission abilities as well. But, you know, if he takes this fight to the ground, I, I think he might find himself in some trouble there. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I think watching the open workouts earlier this week with, with Dom, uh, he wasn't necessarily saying – you know, those things that might get the fans jumping on him. He's not going to throw out insults or anything. Right. But I did notice during that open workout and just the, the week as a whole that he looked very comfortable in there for his first main event. He looked, uh, I mean, the open workout, he busted up his brother, his training partner, cut it, cut his eye. He has been uh, so relaxed, so, right? So, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just going to take that win like like Oscar said earlier, but it, it'll be interesting, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it's weird. He said not only his first UFC main event, but his first main event in general. But yeah. he feels like, you know, he – he belongs here. So let me ask you a question, Oscar. I mean, I, I know you like to look at the divisions and the futures and all that. I mean, Dominic says that he's been told this is the number one contender fight. We all know that the way the UFC works, <laughs> nothing is guaranteed. Like, um, I mean, do you feel like this is the number one contender fight, or are we basically waiting to see what Johnny Walker does? Because I don't mean this disrespectfully, but I know this may sound crazy. I know this may sound crazy, but if I'm John Jones – if I'm John Jones and I've got a choice, let's say and I'm not, let's say Johnny Walker's victorious. I'm not trying to take away from Corey Anderson or anything like that, but let's say Johnny Walker's victorious because uh, I think if Corey Anderson's victorious, he's going to have to wait behind Dominic Reyes because now you've got the undefeated Dominic Reyes, right? He's going to have to wait. So if Corey Anderson wins, I think Dominic gets the title shot if Dominic wins also. And, and again, I'm, that's my pick, so I'm not saying whatever. But are we waiting to see Johnny Walker? Because if Johnny Walker wins, if I'm John Jones – John Jones is looking for the biggest fights possible, and I know Johnny Walker's new. I know he's you know newer on the scene, but I feel like his name already has more behind it than Dominic Reyes because the highlight reel, and I think you and I were talking about the other day, if you're going to fight Johnny Walker, now's probably the time to do it, like before he gets better, and 
kind of coming off the surgery? Does he have some questions, you know, yeah. this layoff? Because it seems like once Johnny Walker comes back, as long as he doesn't hurt himself celebrating, he's <laughs> going to fight like six times a year. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of took the words out of my mouth there. Is Dominic Reyes versus Chris Weidman a number one contender fight? It is unless Johnny Walker wins. I, 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 and again, no disrespect to Corey Anderson. I think Corey Anderson tr- tried, again, we were talking about trying to hit the, the nail on the head, you know. He tried to do the right thing with confronting John at that fan event and stuff. Yeah. But sometimes these things just, it's its not even that they don't work, it's almost they work against you, you know. Mm-hmm. If, they, if people feel like you're trying too hard, it works against you. And if you're someone like John, who probably has a decent say in who you're fighting, mm-hmm. you're not tempted to reward people like that, you know? So if he's given the option, he's like, well, fuck that guy, you know, he, he, I, I don't really want to reward him. So if, if Johnny Walker wins, I think he's fighting John he Jones anybody. And I think if you look at, like, John's latest sort of apparent interest in social media, which he's never really had before, you know, he's, he spends every day talking about Israel Adesanya and then he was, like, switched to Rumble Johnson for a bit and back to Israel and, uh, you know, it's pretty clear the Anthony Smiths and the Tiago Santos much respect to them both. They're not really getting his either yeah. either his creative juices or his bank account flowing. So he's obviously looking for a bigger fight. And like you said, John, uh, from this side to the listener, from this side of the media, we can tell by the metrics. Johnny Walker gets more traffic That's than so Dominic cool. Reyes and um, and Corey Anderson. I, 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 in fact, almost startlingly so. Yeah. I mean, and because he doesn't. He doesn't say anything amazing in no. his interviews, and he's only just sort of learned English and stuff like that. But his, his, his dude, style when you kill motherfuckers in ten seconds, mm. it tends to happen. And I think uh, so. If Dominic Reyes win, I, I I also think if Chris Weidman, I was going to ask you, what if Weidman wins? I was about to say, I also think if Chris Weidman wins and uh, Johnny loses. I do think they could give it to Chris because they give it to Weidman over man, Anderson. You, you got to think. I, like, hate, I hate that because I like Corey Anderson. Corey's so great much, too, man. man. But you got to think like star. You know, they think stylistically. They think of how they can market it. They think of the highlight package. Yep. And like it or not, in this sport, uh, for whatever reason, it's kind of crazy, really. Like, but what you've achieved four years ago, if it was mainstream, which Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold on the same card as uh, Diaz McGregor was mainstream. Mm-hmm. Your name sticks out there. In fact, I mean, this is going a bit on a tangent, but like realistically, if you look at the women's division, anyone who fought Ronda Rousey has a bigger name value than anyone around now. Absolutely. Like Kat Zingano or Holly Holm haven't yeah. had the best record since their fights, but they're probably more well-known than some of the women coming up now. So again, so I actually believe that Chris Weidman could find, like, could find himself in a title shot. And I actually think it'd be good sooner than people realize because John wants to fight. John... Yeah, trying I mean, to, he was teasing the fight, right? He was saying... He, he, you know, he's trying to burn through this contract. He wants to renegotiate. He's trying to fight. And I actually think if Chris comes out unscathed and Johnny Walker loses, I think you could see a John Jones fight in January, February. Yeah, and, and Chris and Johnny both have a leg up here, too, just because of the you know this moment in time, too. I mean, we, haven't, we saw what Jones DC did. That was great rivalry, obviously. But the last couple opponents, I mean, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos... I feel like Corey and Dom kind of fit, fall into that. Yeah, they earned it. They did really well. But, absolutely. you know, if, if, if we're yeah, going to give a jump true. ball, 
we're going to give it to the guy that's jumping knees through people's heads. So, yep. I mean, it will be interesting. Obviously, Johnny has to get through Corey Anderson first. Uh, Which is no mean feat, by the way. I mean, right. we're really doing Corey a disservice, I feel like. He's very yeah. good. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. He, dude, he could shut down Johnny Walker. I know, yeah. that'll, make, I know that'll make fans sad because yeah. that's what he'll do. I mean, if, if he beats He's Johnny Walker. He's going to turn Dana White tomato red. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my be, God. I said tomato, not tomato. <laughs> I've finally become American. You're so American. Now, Here we yay, are. We all remember the day you became American. <laughs> that's amazing. And, but you're right, because if he wins, let's be honest, if he wins, it's probably not going to be because they stood in the pocket and he, they started just <laughs> True. like throwing bombs and, you know, Johnny Walker crashed first, you know? Corey Anderson spinning back kick to the if, head. If, if, if Corey Anderson does that, he can get whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, you guys got to <laughs> all right, let me. All right, let me ask you one last question about this because, again, uh, this fight itself, it has impact. I know it's not capturing everybody's attention, but, Oscar, you said something funny. You know, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, John Jones is talking about Rumble. John Jones is talking about Adesanya. Obviously, Adesanya is talking about John Jones. Yeah, and Adesanya today, huh? did not. He took the gloves off, baby. He, yeah. he went at him hardcore on social media. So, um, all right, let's say ideal scenario or, I mean, I don't want to say ideal because I'm not trying to put anybody down. But I guess the most marketable would probably be Dominic because you'd have the undefeated contender, right? So, let's say he wins. Let's say Johnny Walker wins. So, you got those two guys out there that seem to be the most marketable right away. But then you've also got Adesanya on the table, and you've also got Rumble on the table. For you guys, I'll start with you, Nolan. I mean, if you had those four options for John Jones, which one would you want to see most? You know, I, I would want him to stick at light heavyweight. I think the Rumble fight's fun, but I think that would, I would want that. And I think John said the same thing, that it would probably be a permanent move. So right. that, would, that would close the door. So I don't necessarily see that one happening. As for the others, that's a tough toss-up. Uh, there's a part of me that always likes the slow burn of a, of a, of a fight down the line. Right. Having Adesanya, a guy that's got a full head of steam, go in and, and fight a, a superstar like Jones, you know, somebody's going to come out of this whole thing maybe a little less valuable. Sure, it's going to be a cash grab. Sure, it's going to be a huge fight that's going to be one, one of the biggest fights they put on in a while. At the same time, I feel like if the, you should make it so that the stars align a certain way. Right. So for me, you know, I, I always like to think of this as being – you only get rewards when you earn them. I know yep. the UFC's not like that. So <laughs> if, if I'm going with, yeah, right. I'm just, I'm just, you know, if it was me, I, I think that if I were to, to put money on it, I would say if Walker goes out there and, and KOs uh, Anderson, that's that would probably be what I would. What think. about you, Oscar? Because I mean, listen, the Adesanya, especially now that they're 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 chirping back and forth at each other, man. It seems fun. Um, but, I mean, to, to me, like, Adesanya, he even said it. He calls himself the double interim champ, right? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, if you're the double interim champ, like, shouldn't you at least be the champ first? I mean, is that one too good to pass up, or do you feel like he should stay a light heavyweight? Well, uh, actually, like, Nolan you did, made a great point there because – in this game, the slow burn is always a risky maneuver because, you know, people, co people come boxing. and fuck your plans up pretty quickly. Yeah, right. We've been criticizing the heavyweight boxing division yeah, right now like, for them yeah, not making yeah. the fights. But I do think there's something to be said that let's let let's let that one just cook a little bit, you know. Let's like I think uh, uh, since the sale, yeah, it's only been cooking for like two weeks, right? Since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since the sale, I I felt like the UFC were thinking short term to make their money back, not long term. Like if you remember Jones Brock, like that whole thing they were going to do that. I was like, but what if Brock wins? He's just beaten your pound for pound best, and, and you've got one more, you got one more fight out of him. Maybe yeah. it's short term booking to make. Uh, you know, money. Uh, so I think Israel Jones definitely would not be mad about it. But like you just said, John, like let, let's let like it would be, 
in fact, in this day and age when it's all entertainment, like usually when a dude wins a championship now, he's talking like, I'm going to go up to the next division, I'm going to fuck that guy up. So actually, Israel could form a niche by being like, I'm going to defend my title yeah. at 185 three times, clear out the top contenders, and then I'll go up. Yeah. And but, but by the way, John will wait for him. Let's not get it twisted. John will wait for him. John wants that fight. Oh, dude, there's a reason he's engaged right now. John yeah. doesn't engage just because <laughs> yeah. he, hey, he released Daniel Cormier of his <laughs> duties. So Congratulations, Daniel. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. But, you know, like, it's John John wants that fight. It's obvious, he obviously believes it's very winnable, and he wants that fight because it's going to make him lots of money. So John's not, like, John can pretend, oh, oh, oh you know, whatever. He's, he wants that fight. I think it's unfortunate that there's not, like, almost like a, I'm no disrespect to Dominic Reyes. Like, Dominic Reyes versus John Jones, I feel, is almost like another Anthony Smith or a Tiago where it's like, oh, he's nearly there, but he's not really ready, and they're right. going to put him in there. And, and Johnny Walker feels like he's almost way too early to be right. fighting John Jones. And it's kind of sad there's not like a, a third person to be like, well, he can fight John while Dominic gets one more win and is really ready, and then Johnny can really build up ahead so of Steve. I thought yeah. of an option that we haven't even brought up yet. Go on. Matt Hamill. <laughs> Dude, is he... <laughs> I don't know what's in that clear beverage over there. <laughs> there man, you but go. You might need, there's some paint thinner over there. So Tito like. Ortiz beats wow. Alberto Del Rio, comes back to the yeah. UFC, <laughs> fights John Jones. Yes. I'm in. I'm on board. All right. Well, I'm glad this is a high level like MMA show. You know, first time on <laughs> that we can analyze the real issues that are going on in this sport. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Bring it. All right, let's yeah. do this. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, we've been we've been previewing this main event. Uh, we've got a little bit of audio. We've uh, I've edited it down a little bit, so you don't have to listen to all this discussion. But we did get a chance to speak to Dominic Reyes and Chris Weidman. Actually, I only spoke just a little bit. I was here more as a camera guy. You'll hear some some of Nolan King's voice in there. A little bit oh, of me boy. sneaking in there. Uh, but here's uh, we'll, we'll start out with uh, the undefeated contender. Dominic Reyes. Hey, Dominic. In the main event against Chris Wyman. What era do you think Chris Wyman imposes the biggest threat to your game? Uh, wrestling and experience. Having watched your uh, workout yesterday, one of the words I would use was comfortable. You just seem flowing out there. You seem happy to be out there mm -hmm. focused. Uh, this is your first main event. I mean, does this just feel right for you? It does. Everything's kind of aligned, you know, to lead to this moment. And, uh, Man, I can't wait. How is this fight week compared to other fight weeks with being the main event and, and everything else and, you know, fighting on the East Coast and, and everything else? Yeah, it's, I'm the main event, you know. I'm, uh, I have a nicer room, you know. I have a couple more guys with me. Uh, How nice a room are we talking here? We're talking a nice room. Yeah? <laughs> we're talking I got a living room, you know. <laughs> is that sort of like validation too, just everything you've done, you've been undefeated, and now this is kind of like, a, you know, people know how talented you are, but this, this main event's, you know, it's a big deal. Oh, it's huge. It's a huge deal. I mean, yeah, I mean, I kind of came up. Uh, this is my first main event ever, you know. This isn't just in the UFC. This is like I've never really gotten the opportunity to be a main event. In my mind, it's like I almost never got the respect I feel I've deserved. Um, but now, you know, I worked for it. I, I waited my turn, and uh, now I'm here, and I got the main event. I'm excited. Can't wait. It's a, it's a. I love the matchup. You know, he's he's a, the thing about Chris. He's a good guy outside of fighting too. You know, it's not like he's a scumbag, and, and which wouldn't matter anyway. But it's just it's good to be fighting a good dude. So you know, whatever happens, the, the better man will win. You didn't train with him this camp, but have you spoken to Curtis Blades at all just leading up to this fight? And if so, did he give you any advice or anything? Because he's, he's been in a few big profile fights. Yeah, I talk to Curtis all the time, man. Uh, we text and talk all the time, and uh, we just keep it light, man. We don't really like, really talk a lot about fighting and everything. It's just like, enjoy it, man. Like, this is your moment. This is your time. Like, 
do your thing and uh, everything will work itself out. What is the balance like for you? Like you said, I mean, I know you want to soak it in and enjoy the moment, right? But I mean, this isn't the moment, right? This is just a step along the way. So what's the balance like if you try to enjoy the big room and the, and the, you know, the spotlight and all that versus knowing there's, there's still a lot more of the journey? Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's every, every like this is a part of it, you know? Every step is something, something new. And it's like I live my life moments at a time. You know, and this is its own moment in itself. Like, how many guys are in here? Like, at least 20? Like, that's a good number of reporters, you know? It's, that's a lot of outlets, and it's good. It, feel, it feels good. It's uh, just bring my energy, and hopefully people can relate, you know? I think everybody feels like this is a number one contender fight, but, I mean, do you feel like you just got to win? I mean, if you eke out a split decision, it doesn't matter, or do you feel like you got to get a certain kind of win or make a certain kind of statement to make sure that a – Corey Anderson, uh, Johnny Walker, somebody like that doesn't doesn't jump in the way. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my, my plan is to win emphatically. Um, I'm not. I want to finish. Like I've said before, my goal is to finish every fight. If I don't finish, I feel I've done a disservice to myself. So uh, yeah, I want to finish. The plan is to get a finish, whether or not you know God, that's the plan. You know, for me to get an emphatic finish, or whether I have to go through another war. He feels like I need another war. You know. Whatever the case may be, I'm only working my way towards the title either way. Do you look at it as you have to set the table here, like put the pressure on the Corey Andersons and the Johnny Walkers here with your performance, or you not even think about that kind of stuff? No, nah, those guys are living their life. I'm living my life, and uh, we'll see what happens. Dominic, you haven't been in the UFC that long. A lot of fans, especially the casual fans, might not know you. This is your big opportunity, ESPN, main event against a legend like Chris Wyman, what are those fans going to be saying about you after the fight? He's the one. It's the one. Well, get him to fight John. It's the one. Be the one. Be undeniable. Why are you the guy to beat John? Because I'm me. I mean, we'll talk about that uh, after this fight. But uh, right now I'm worried about Chris. After Reyes, shortly later, it was uh, the former middleweight champ, Chris Weidman. What's up, guys? The day before weigh-ins, uh, a little bit different than the last few cuts that you've had uh, on weigh-ins Eve. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I always look forward to my weight cuts just because if you don't look forward to it, then you're hoping it doesn't come and it's, it's only worse. So um, I was always positive about it. But now that I'm not cutting weight, I'm like, holy smokes, I was killing myself all those years, you know. Um, I just feel so much better this week for all camp, you know, just keeping my body healthy. And that was the main point of me going up was, you know, I just want to be healthy. I, I've, I've been fighting injuries my whole career, and I think a lot of that was because I was cutting a lot of weight, depleting my body of what it needs. And um, so to be not at my natural weight, I've never felt better throughout camp. And then also fight week, it's like, wow. I, I mean, not to be focused so much on how much I weigh every single day and how much weight I got to lose. Um, and just kind of enjoy the process, deal with Fat Thor. It's just, uh, it's, it's a it's a cool experience. Chris, why do you think it's so hard for fighters to get to that realization, you know, that I'd be better off if I wasn't putting my body through this? Uh, I mean, you know, I think it's, I don't know if you're, I don't know, I think it's different for everybody. For me, it was just, it was just time. You know, I, I accomplished my goals at middleweight. You know, I became a multiple time world champion, undefeated for a long time. And then I lost my belt. Then the goal was, all right, I guess I want to win that belt back, defend the belt as many times again. But that goal kind of became like stagnant and not, I wasn't super excited about it because it was something I already accomplished. So I was just going to let me accomplish it again. 
But to go up to light heavyweight now, it just gives me a whole, like, I feel like I'm rejuvenated mentally as far as my goal setting, which I think was a big part for me. Uh, for me, my goal was always to be, like, early in my career, my goal was to be the world champion at middleweight. And, uh, you know, uh, my, my goal was to beat Anderson Silva and, and, and beat him again in a rematch. That was really, like, where I seen it going. That's, I was rushed to that point. And all of a sudden it happened, and I'm like, all right, now they're setting me up with Leo Machida. Then you got Vitor Belfort, then Luke Rockle. Then I lose my belt. I'm like, all right, I guess I got I to want to win this back and then do it again. And I felt like I was going through the motions a little bit. Um, and I realized that really when I decided to go up. And it was not because of the realization that I wanted to shift my goals. It was because of injuries and stuff. And now that I'm here, I'm realizing, like, wow, I feel like I'm back to where I was started as far as my mindset um, and what I want to accomplish. I just, I just feel I feel so much more set on what I'm doing. We spoke to Donna Reyes. I asked him what was the biggest area where you impose a threat to him. He said wrestling. One, do you agree with that? And then flip it. Where do you think he imposes the biggest threat to you? Yeah, I'm gonna say my wrestling and jujitsu are probably the biggest threat for him. Um, and then also just the the well-rounded the the fact that I'm a well-rounded mixed martial artist, like you know. He's a good striker, you know, that's what he probably brings, that's the most dangerous, um, you know, I think I fought better strikers, he's bigger, bigger than most of the guys I fought, but as far as precision and dangerous strikers, I think I fought more dangerous guys. Um, but I think the fact that he has to worry about the takedowns and that jujitsu, because that could be the end of the night for him, um, will change the, the stand-up as well. So I think me just being in the cage with him, and having him have to deal with all that multitasking is really the, the game changer. He hasn't had to deal with that. Sorry. He hasn't really had to deal with that in any of his fights. He hasn't really fought a guy who is well-rounded or has really great wrestling. Um, you know, he got taken down three or four times from Volkan Ozdemir, who had one or two takedowns in his entire UFC career before that. Um, he did a good job getting back to his feet. But again, it's not somebody who's going to be as persistent and have the pressure like I, I bring. Uh, and yeah, I'm, we'll see. You spoke a lot about John Jones saying one of the biggest motivations going up is to be the guy to defeat John Jones. <coughs> Two part question. A lot of people view John Jones as the greatest fighter of all time. Do you agree with that? Second part, where do you think you stand in the all time GOAT rankings? Um, so yeah, going up to light heavyweight. Um, one of the main reasons I'm excited is definitely because there's a guy there that people think can't be beat and uh, people consider one of the greatest of all times, if not the, the greatest of all time. Um, and that's what really excited me when I was down at middleweight. So to have the opportunity to, to, to not just shock the world once, but also twice in my career and beat two of the guys that people think are the goats, uh, that's the legacy I think I want to leave behind. Um, and as far as him being the goat, I think, um, I think if you look at his record and who he's beat and how he's done it, yeah, he's the GOAT. But then you look and you put the drug testing stuff out there. And I'm not, and I'll, I'll be honest, like I'm just kind of like a casual fan when it came to everything that he did and failed. I didn't like read into it like crazy and know really everything behind it, you know, the picograms and all that crap. I didn't, I haven't like investigated it 100%, but at the end of the day, he's failed multiple drug tests. And um, I think anytime that you do that, it puts an asterisk on your whole career. And you have to you have to say that and and same thing with Anderson Silva you know he's failed drug tests too and for performance enhancers and I think that that you have to put a question on the rest of their career it's just like baseball besides this is way more of a devastating sport you know we're not just hitting balls over the fence you know we're trying to 
take each other out. So anytime a guy fails a drug test, you gotta, you gotta, you know, that's a serious thing. Do you think John Jones is a tougher puzzle to crack than your Anderson fights? Uh, uh, you know what? Yes and no. At the time, so if you look at Anderson Silva now and versus John Jones, yes. But at the time, Anderson Silva had such a mystique and aura about him that was actually greater than John Jones. Uh, he was dominating everybody, buddy, you know, putting his hands down, playing with them. John Jones isn't doing that. You know, he's he's got he had two tough fights in his last last two outings and against guys who were middleweights. Um, you know, two tough guys, but he didn't look unbeatable in those fights. Um, Anderson Silva was, he had like that invincibility feel to him when I fought him. Um, but as far as skill set, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting puzzle. Yeah. It, I think it's more, yeah, it's more of an interesting puzzle as far as skill set, but not maybe as much as a puzzle when it comes to mindset and like keeping mental focus, you know, like not letting the moment get to you and all that. Do you think a win over Reyes means John Jones is next for you? You know, I think um, there's definitely a good possibility for that, for sure. You know, I mean, given my credentials at, at middleweight, you know, being a multiple-time world champion and then coming up in weight, going against a guy who's undefeated at light heavyweight, ranked number four, if I go out there and make a statement and and dominate him, um, because, you know, the other guys in the top five, for, you know, from what I, you know, not that I, I'm not good at, I don't look at the rankings and stuff, but... From what I'm being told, I think most of those guys already fought John Jones and lost to him. And if I take out the number four guy, um, yeah. And and then you look at the skill sets and you put them on paper, and I think I am a, a bad matchup for him, if there is any, for John Jones. When we talked to Dominic Reyes yesterday, and uh, he was talking about your weaknesses, that he's, the weaknesses he saw in you, he said that you've taken a lot of damage and you've been getting knocked out. And he also said he wasn't sure moving up in weight would be good in that department. What's your response to that? Um, so if he's questioning my chin, um, I think if you look at all my fights, it's not like I'm getting, you know, sat down with jabs or anything like that. I'm not like getting wobbly legged or anything like that. Um, if you look at the two fights where I got hit with big shots, it's really the, um, it's the Yo Romero fight and the, and the um, Jacare fight. And I think in both those cases, it was technical issues that I made. And uh, Yo Romero, I shot to the wrong side. He was coming off the stool super late in the third round. He looked exhausted. I'm like, all right, listen, one takedown on him is over. I shot my head to the wrong side. He came over with a beautiful knee, and boom. I mean, that's a knee that probably knocked out anybody. I didn't go out. I was still moving, holding on to things, trying to go. But, um, you know, I think that's, I don't think that's a, anything with my chin. And then uh, my Jacare fight, that's a fight. He actually hit me with some things in that fight, and no issues at all throughout the whole fight. Um, and then third round, I mean, I'm winning. And um, he's trying to circle me down. I'm circling out, and I'm like, you know, I'm stopping. Going to throw a big right hand. He throws his right hand. And I didn't slip my head out enough, and he connected on a huge shot. And I think it's another sh huge shot that probably would have put down anybody. So it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm getting hit with these little clips, and you know, you see me wobbly. Um, yeah. So there you go. You got the two headliners. It is teed up. It's a big fight. But I, I think it's one of those fights that the stakes aren't necessarily right now. It's what, <laughs> it's what they play into. I mean, it's a big fight, but it's not necessarily like the immediate reward fight. Um, it, it builds into something. Let's get into the co-main event, the, the, the surprise co-main event. <laughs> the uh, the co-main event, you know, a, a month Thank later. God. Yeah, Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. Um, 
man, you know, I was in Mexico for the first meeting, and uh, you know, the uh, Jeremy Stevens was on fire ahead of ahead of the fight. Man, he was just so you was know, his eyeball. Oh my <laughs> god, yeah, exit amazing, and and then this weird eye poke happens. And it's the most bizarre scenario, and I talked about it then, but you know, just to kind of go over it again now, just to, to lay out my position right away. I mean, a, an unfortunate foul. I mean, yeah, you're definitely raked his eye, but you know, the, the the whole insinuation that Jeremy Stevens was kind of potentially faking it, and I do understand the question. I mean, right away we look at it, but good lord, man, when you see a man's eye, and we watched the highlights today at the ceremonial weighing as they put it. By the way, the USC put together a cool little package today. Yes, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably air it during the broadcast. Dimes about Kaduro. It was cool, man. Well, in there. Not the Dante Kaduro <laughs> package. The one that previewed the, one that previewed yeah, the thing. Yeah, the Macy Barber package. Oh, yeah. Idiot. <laughs> I just, Dante Kaduro can be played at any time, oh, and I'll get amped. That'll be the most jam. memorable thing Yeah, I remember we played at my grandmother's funeral, and oh, everyone yeah. was just yeah, fucking yeah, off the chain. Amazing. But no, they put together a package of how the fight came together, basically, like, you know, the way things played out. And by the way, they had, man, and I'm, again, I'm sure they'll show it in the broadcast, but they had, like, a lot of different camera angles of, like, stuff being thrown and stuff. It was kind of cool to, to watch because it was pretty chaotic inside the arena. Uh, but, again, to me, the insinuation that Jeremy Stevens was faking it, I mean, when you look at that eye and it's, you know, the lid is closed all the way, like, and, and the doctor is literally, like, pushing on it, trying to open up, and it won't open. Like, you can't do that! And, and with respect... It's Jeremy Stevens. It's I Jeremy don't think Stevens. the guy's faked anything in his life. No. He's a pretty bread and butter, meat and potatoes kind of guy. And he really quite enjoys fighting. Yes. And I don't mm. really think he's the sort of guy to bail out early. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. You have evidence and it's his record. You know, How many fights has Jeremy Stevens been afraid of? Who hasn't he fought? Who has he turned down? Right. When he right fucking knocks people out, they don't fucking yeah. move. I mean, it's yeah, just true. that's what I'm talking about. Hardest hitting featherweight in the division. There you yeah. go. What? Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen. So, all right. So, but they bring it back together. And, hey... Good on the UFC to rebook it. You know wow. what I mean? Amazing decision. Mm. Dude, you, I mean, you have real heat now between these two. And, and we've seen it this week. I think all of us were excited. Um, I think we've all, as website operators, been a little surprised. Maybe there wasn't more, like, more traffic behind it. Yep. I, I think maybe maybe it wasn't as maybe, – maybe us as hardcores are more excited. Because, again, uh, to me, like, I was ex- – in Mexico, I was excited about the fight. I mean, stylistically, like you said, you, the meat and potatoes guy that comes in coming to knock your block off versus the flashy, you know, throws the kicks. He's got – you know, I mean, it was, it was fun. It, but, but now, like, I'm more excited because, dude, listen – MMA, I, you know, we can sit here, oh, it's, it's such a pure sport. It's the <laughs> sacrifice and the discipline. And it is. I mean, my, you know, I, I do respect everything that that's put in. I mean, that part of the reason I love the sport is because I know what, what it takes to be good at it, right? But even still, like, even for the hard when there's real bad blood, when it's not some manufactured mm. garbage, just somebody uh. come up, when it's not – God bless him when it's not Colby Covington just saying random stuff to piss people off. Like, <laughs> yeah. when it's two people that really hate each other, really have some animosity, um, I like it. And, listen, I will be honest. I was pretty critical and remain kind of critical of Yair Rodriguez and the way he handled the immediate aftermath. Um, you know, he said he did. He collected his temper pretty well. But, you know, I thought in the cage, I thought he handled it poorly. And I thought he was – I don't want to say partly to blame for the way the crowd reacted, but I feel like he could have helped the crowd not be as upset if he'd have said something. Well, it reminds me of when Fury uh, was robbed against Wilder because he was robbed. Uh, and he got on the mic and asked the crowd to calm down yes. because the crowd was, like, full of, you know, travelers from the UK. like And they don't mind a little bit of a rough and tumble. And he asked them to calm down. And it was the same sort of thing. If he'd have been inflammatory, I feel like they'd have been inflammatory. Yes. And really, I mean, that, I mean, we're all killing time. This, this, this whole, you know, Stevens, Rodriguez rematch is just waiting for the Bisping Rodriguez rematch. I mean, you're <laughs> gonna see, you know. <laughs> but that was great. But yeah, no, I, 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 
this week Yaya has been a lot better. And like he's, I, agree. I, I said to you, I think off camera, John, like a while ago, I was like, you know, listen, like I don't agree with his point of view, but he's articulating his point of view very well. Much better. So it's 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 when someone's like, hey, this is why I think this. This is what's made me think this. Can't really tell them like they're a fucking idiot. Like it's like okay, fair enough. Like this is why you yeah. think this. So you know, you I dis- I disagree, but that's right. You and, know, and, fair enough. And on fight night, he was talking from emotions. You could tell the type of the language that he was using. Uh, just kind of it wasn't. There was no detailed aspects that he was pointing to to, yeah. to make him think that Stevens was faking and even at the uh, and he can't poke he can't poke Michael like this right. in the eye I mean he he's said only he, got one so I, I mean, mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> he said he went back and watched tape and he studied uh, what was he saying body language and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. about uh, this was at the, the open, open workouts, workouts. Yeah. 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 I, came, I, I didn't get to go to that I came in uh, the, the, I was flying the evening of came in the next yeah, morning he went, he went yeah. pretty fucking deep he dude. was like <laughs> I studied this like I read I don't know if he said read books or no he was like I studied it he's like he yeah. turned the wrong way when someone yeah, touched yeah. his shoulder and right. stuff like that I watched the tape that's not fair Simon Simono touched my shoulder the earlier today to talk to me and I turned the wrong way <laughs> listen I, we don't need to hear about your personal feud at the workplace <laughs> but you know, he really did he did really look into it a bit too much I felt and I don't know, go on. yeah and I guess going off of that it was it was interesting to me because he started out in, in the whole discussion he said you know I'm not mad I've channeled my anger I don't have any it's empty whatever something along those lines right and then as the the scrum progressed I felt like that the anger was under control and he was much more mature and he had better points but it was still there. Like, he, he can't say that it's not there. And then even today at the, the weigh-ins, he brought a, a nail file out uh, when, when <laughs> Steven had the goggles, and he's doing this with it. So, I mean, clearly he's still buying into it. He's still uh, got some feeling. So I, I don't think it's necessarily fair for him to Wait, say that. Wait, I didn't catch that. He I had didn't a nail, see the nail file? file he had a nail file. Did he really? That I didn't see that. Yes. I mean, we were shooting video yeah, and shooting amazing. photos. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yes, he had a nail file. Oh, wow. Now, okay, so I was going to ask you about Stevens. All right, so Stevens comes up. First of all, <laughs> That's Stevens, fucking off the chain, Stevens bro. Stevens did a scrum the other day, and he had, like, these, like, big glasses on. and, and Ridiculous glasses. Ridiculous glasses, which he obviously did that. And then and then today he came out with the ski goggles on. And I was, the question I was going to ask you was, why did he get on the scale with the ski goggles and throw the ski goggles off before the, the well, face-off? Uh, right? you should have no, – the I, ski I, goggles should have been on, right? right? But the reason why he threw them off is because uh, – for the fans who didn't watch it, Yair has a large contingent with him, like a lot of family and friends. I think Yair, uh, I think Jeremy lost his temper and threw the gun at them. At them, okay. Like, it, well, it wasn't like he's throwing it into the crowd. He threw it at them like a fucking shut up. You oh, know, like, oh, okay, yeah. And, and I mean, by the way, that crowd was that crowd was rowdy, man. Yeah, and that's, that was good. that's only the second worst thing Jeremy's done to Yair's team today. He also told them that their friend was going to die. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, at the official weigh-ins, they uh, they got up on the scale and. All right, hold on. We're watching the video here, which is going to make for some incredible podcasts. Yeah, this audio uh, is amazing. Yeah, this is amazing. Oh, wow, yeah, no, look he's at filing yeah, his nails. Yeah, was filing his nails. Now, was he was he dulling them to show that he wouldn't, or was he sharpening them to a point <laughs> to make them more of a weapon? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, the, the way that the This the feels movement, like a real breakdown of yeah. footage the, now, doesn't the, it? Oh, the I mean, if, if you watch a slow replay, he files them to the left from yeah. the right. <laughs> <laughs> the movement and technique that he was using seemed like he was in for a slow burn. I tell you what, I think Yaya's show because he didn't spin enough times before he did that. Oh. <laughs> Usually he's spinning. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, um, it's been interesting. The dynamic, I mean, there's definitely some anger there uh, from Jeremy especially and understandably so. But, yeah, yeah, like it is weird to me. Like, Yair, you know, I will say this, and I'm trying to think back. I, I, I'm trying to th- replay Mexico in my head, and I'm trying to replay everything that's been said this week. Has he once just said, like, I'm sorry I poked him in the eye? Like, no. He, he said, 
He said I'm <laughs> Simon <laughs> Simono, <laughs> who Simon is Simono peeing right now. Yeah. By but, the way. <laughs> but from the bathroom, we definitely heard a no. No. All right. No. Simon Simono has confirmed from the banyo that Yair <laughs> never said, I don't I'm think, sorry, I, I poked him in the eye. I think he said, like, it's one of those, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel that way. If you're in a relationship, don't ever say that to your wife. Yeah, mm. it's not good times. But yeah, no, I think he's done the old, like, uh, you know, I'm sorry if you feel like I poked you in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And it's funny. Look, I'm not trying to beat up on Yair Rodriguez. I like Yair Rodriguez a lot. I mean, I, I think he's a very, very uh, polite, respectful guy. I think he's basically, like, kind of carrying – I mean, obviously with, with Caín Velasquez moving on to WWE, he's kind of carrying the Mexican flag now. He's – I mean, he's, he's fun to watch. I mean, how do you not like watching Yair? So I'm not trying to, like – I, I don't want to make it just sound like we're just sitting here just shitting all over Yair Rodriguez, man. But I, I just the whole handling of this thing has been weird, and and uh, I, I don't know, man. It's just again, I like the guy, but it's just kind of left me with a weird taste. And I will say, the the comments on our on our website, on <laughs> Dude, our, the they, like they, to dislike ratio oh, is off the not good. Yeah. Not good. And I will say that was a big storyline I felt from the last fight was the swing. I felt like people were going into that fight rooting for Rodriguez Stevens. Uh, fans have always, I think, enjoyed watching him fight, but I don't think that he's necessarily somebody I would say they they root for. Right? Uh, you know, they, they yeah, like to root very, against. Him. That's a very diplomatic. Yeah, way of putting yeah. It, for sure. no, he might be listening to this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you know, I I think the swing from Stevens, <laughs> the the swing from. Stevens being the unpopular guy, the Rodriguez being the unpopular guy after Stevens been doing this since 2007 in the UFC. Uh, uh, let's have this it right. Is the, this, this, is, this is a one fight swing for the popular. It guy. is. Yeah, Jeremy Stevens is it's unpopular crazy. after this fight. Yeah. Oh, oh and yeah, I don't yeah, disagree yeah, yeah, with that yeah. at all. But I, I do think that when we talk about popularity, we always have the like dislike factor. But then we also have, you know, do I want to watch this guy fight more because of yeah. this? So I think that he could he could use this momentum where people are rooting for him, they're interested in this fight, and and take it from here. Let me ask you one thing: Should the UFC I don't even know why I'm asking this. I'll just say it. The <laughs> UFC should pull him aside and just say, "Hey, the whole thing about if he doesn't die, it's not a win." Can, mm. I mean, that we don't. I mean, listen. We look. It, I mean, right before we started recording, Oscar, you and I were having a very real discussion about the boxing deaths that have occurred. You know, this this year. Yeah. Um. You know, I mentioned you, and, and I mentioned it before. You know, Kevin Ioli, longtime boxing writer, Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. I mean, he's seen seven different boxers die. He's been ringside for that. Um. I mean, I, I, I do believe, and I hate to say it, and I, and I hate talking about it, but I mean, I do believe at some point in time a death is going to happen in the UFC. I mean, it, it has happened in mixed martial arts. It hasn't happened in the UFC. I do think it's going to happen. I do believe we're at a point in the sport where it doesn't mean, okay, now the sport's going away and all that. I think there was a time where we worried about that, but obviously none of us want to see it. But, I, I mean, the odds of it – I know it's probably not going to happen here, but who knows? I just, well, I just hate people saying it. Well, like, well, why do you have to say death? Well, dude, it's interesting you put it out there because literally until you just said that, which says about my lackluster skills as a reporter, I haven't thought about this, but when Deontay Wilder earlier this year was like a uh, boxing heavyweight, uh, not really a champion because Fury beat him, but when um, he was saying like, you know, I, I want a death on my record. I want to be the first. Like, he's like, I want a death on my record. It will really legitimize me. When he said that, I was like, I was disgusted because people have died in that fucking ring. People die to make a better life for themselves and their families, and it's fucking gross that even if you're doing it as promotion, right. you're trying to do it. But for some reason, when Jeremy says it, I'm like, oh, oh, this is hardcore. But if you think about it objectively, if Jeremy Stevens says, oh, if he don't die, it don't count, and then he fucking hits your ear and your hits his head in the canvas and doesn't get up, 
and Jeremy Stevens called that before it happened. That is beyond a tragedy. Uh, not just for the sport. I mean, I, yes, I, I agree. You would assume Jeremy would also be like, "Fuck, I didn't want him." You know, yeah, look, I mean? we're not like the PC police over here. You yeah, know like, what I mean? Yeah, it's listen, not like I mean, we're like, hey, Jesus come Christ, I'm drinking whiskey while I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I don't just, like, I don't give a bollocks about upsetting people's feelings, but it's like sometimes, like for Jeremy, and we were talking earlier again in the same conversation, John, about how MMA and boxing are like cousins but also not really cousins right. people only like relate them when they feel like doing it and they don't need to be related all the time step cousins yeah there you go yeah, yeah you know that's it. but but jeremy seems is basically saying oh i need to kill him on the same week a boxer died in the ring yes and, and i don't think the ufc would take him aside necessarily because it's one of those fights it's a co-main event on a fight night card it, it's not getting mainstream appeal and stuff but you know what? Yeah, the more you say it, the more I'm like, you know what, dude? It's actually pretty in bad taste. Just, like, just say something. You know, like I, I have to, I have to analyze my own biases because when Deontay was like, I want a death on my record, I was like, you're a fucking piece of shit, mate. Uh, and I haven't done that for Jeremy, but so I think you probably need to, yeah. So I think, yeah, he needs to stop saying this. Yeah, it's, it's a tough subject because again, we we run into this. I think Colby Covington's really brought it to our attention. Is like extreme makes people talk, and how extreme can you get? If you say something yeah, about that, at least Colby thinks it through. Like this is going to get me no, attention. I don't think Jeremy's doing anything other than talking about oh. heart. <laughs> I, I was going to say. I mean, I think Jeremy actually means it, man. Right, and that's what I was saying. I, I, I think it goes right in line with his his character. You know, he's yeah. he talks about being a savage. He's never been. I know in the past I've seen discussions on Twitter and stuff about you know he'll knock somebody out and he's not one of those guys that's going to walk well, away. Actually, he's going to get as many shots in as he can. I do believe, and I, please forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is real. I think a kid spoke shit to him on Instagram. Yes. Had R.I.P. Yes. Dad in his bio and Jeremy replied, I'm going to bury you next to your father. What? Yeah. Oh, I, my God. Was that recently? No, that was like a year ago. It's not funny, but oh it also is very funny. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's Jeremy funny, St- Jeremy it's Stevens, crazy. what are you going to do? Uh, do you know yeah. I, mean? I mean, listen, Jeremy Stevens is that guy. I mean, like, like I said, I think he is honestly speaking from the heart tonight, but... Yeah, dude. I, I I just I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't. I'm not sitting here trying to be the PC police or whatever. I'm I'm not that. Yeah, here we are looking at it. Sixteen year old. Family and I'll bury you next to your dad, bitch. Wow, that's. So Jesus maybe maybe Christ, he does man. mean it, John. Maybe. You're oh, he de- oh no, he does, bro. He <laughs> definitely, dude. I can tell you right now, if he was sitting right here having a frosty beverage with us, yeah. he would say, no, no, no. I'm I'm going oh, to try. Could to you kill imagine him. dating with that guy drunk? No. Fucking hell. No, 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 no. Imagine, uh, dude, like, uh, I think we'd all be dead right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, at least in our sleep, certainly. Yes. But, I mean, just imagine, like, so, uh, can you imagine, like, accidentally bumping up to Jeremy Seems' girlfriend in a club or something? Oh, oh don't God. Do it. Don't the do headache it. alone. Don't do it. Yeah, that, so that's the thing. And listen, uh, dude, the trash talk is good. The, 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 the promotion, the hype. I just feel like, again, maybe... maybe I don't need to talk about death. Yeah, death mm-hmm. is probably because, because it's going to happen. Look, it's look, it's going to happen, and I have said it, man, and I and I hate to be that guy, but I I I just know it. I mean, this this is not a safe sport overall. I mean, they do the, the, the as we said, the medical testing they do, everything they put into it, man. They make it as safe as possible, but I mean, it's the law of averages. It's the law of averages. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's going to happen, and dude, like. I, I am not looking forward to that day. I mean, I I you know talking to Kevin and covering that and, and imagine. I mean, like. Dude, I, I'm not looking forward to that day. So I just don't think we should be hyping that day, you know? No, and, and listen, like it's – again, we, I think actually the fact that UFC hasn't had a death 
is a remarkable show of competence on their mm-hmm. side. I mean, it really is. And, it, and, and this is not in any way meant to be an MMA versus boxing statement, but the fact boxing's had four this year and, and realistically the M- M- oh, UFC mm. hasn't had none and MMA's had none really, you know. Some of the stuff, some of the scenes. It's just, fun. It's, just, it's just, it's just, like if you're a fan of combat sports, uh, it should affect you. You know, it really should. Like, John and I were talking off thing, like, so there's an interview with Eddie Hearn talking about uh, Patrick Day, the boxer who just passed. And he's like, I met him for 30 seconds and he was crying. And he, you, you could tell it was a genuine, just guttural emotion. I think if you love combat sports, any death, it, it, is, it should affect you some, on a level that other people who aren't fans don't really understand. You know, this is our sport, this is our life, you know. And it's when um, Joao in Ireland died, you know. Mm, it, yep. it just... It just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, and and I I even tweeted out last night, and John, you retweeted me. It's like people listening. Remember that when you fucking tweet them bullshit after they lose. So like, remember that when you're like, oh yeah, you ain't coming back from this one, are you? Like their lives are literally on the line. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, everybody, you know, everybody likes to be right. But something that I was wrong about when I got into the sport, I started watching. I was a fan. I was part of the crowd that was like, you know, these guys are in there, they're fighting, they could send it to this, like, whatever happens after that happens and it doesn't matter. And I think over time, like, you know, just seeing what's happened in boxing, what's seeing it happen on the regional scene where these guys go in and they never, they never come out. They never get to go see their family afterwards and, and talk about, you know, stopping even. They don't even get, they yeah. don't get the option. It just happens. And, you know, when, when Maxim uh, Dadashev had passed away in a boxing match earlier this year, in between the time that he passed and, and when the fight happened, that's some of the most disturbing footage that I've ever Very seen disturbing. in a fight, you know, going out. And the thing about that is that goes to show you that trainer, uh, I'm slipping my mind right now, but he was praised for throwing in the towel, for being the cornerman that was willing to do this. So he did everything right that the sport said, hey, you're doing it right. And it's still wasn't enough. Uh, and you actually beat me to the point as well because I'm mean, not to get, sorry listener that we're getting all fucked up. I say man, you know, you know the MMA road show just some casual listening, yeah. a couple cocktails, you know, <laughs> Listen, I, I just want to talk about my but feelings. It's true. No, but it's but, true. Like, but like and this is another reason why guys, guys don't be afraid to throw in the towel. There was uh, a Thomas fight. Gifford it, well, last it, week. Who, who did my yeah, it was Tommy Gifford. Yeah. Yeah. And my, like listen to me. Like in the in the, the second at the end of the second round, he said, "Do you want to stop?" The fighter is well aware there is a camera pointing in his face. He is not, or she, he or she is never likely to be like, mm. yeah, I'd love to get out of here right now. It's your job That's to be like... That's the fighter mentality. The fighter mentality is always going to say, I don't but listen, want to But stop. listen, that, that little pause, he gave, that pause he gave before, no, that is the coach's job to be like, he wants out, yeah. he can't so, say it right now. I I'll think actually it. the conversation that was referenced on the broadcast, I, I don't know if I was really paying attention in between uh, in between rounds, but I believe one of the announcers said that Montoya asked him, how are you feeling right now? And he said, terrible. terrible. Bisping yeah. said that, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, like, when you start to hear those words too, especially, like, did we, you know, there's maybe a one in a million chance you can win. I get it. You don't want to take the money away, but, you well, know, man, why do, they, why do they even allow you to throw in the towel? In what circumstance would you? In fact, I mean, when the, listen, like, let's have it right. Like, when the referee's standing going, hey, you need to be better in this round or I'm going to stop it, and your coach says, how do you feel? Terrible. Do you want to carry on fighting? These are all pretty big fucking red flags, yeah. really. Do you mm. know what I mean? And, and like you say, like, listen, Derek Lewis, he won in with a random punch and his balls were hot and he became got a championship fight out of it. So... I understand the temptation to not let it happen, but I always think back to like that Raquel Pennington one when she was like, "I don't want to continue," and they right. basically fucking kicked her back out there. It's like, what happened if she got fucking starched and 
the worst happened or something. You know, that's on you at that point. Anyway, this is all very morbid for oh, listen, hey, man. You know, you, you, you know, listeners in the roadshow, they just tune in for casual conversation like this, you know, just previewing the fights, a couple of frosty battles. <laughs> no, no, listen, no. Let's no, talk about talk. death. It's good. Hey, man, no, it's fair talk, man, and and, uh, and thanks to both of you guys for sharing that because that's, I mean, that's, hey, that's real emotions. All right, well, let's do this uh, because we got a lot more to talk about. But, uh, listen, Steven, some of Steven's talk was a little bit controversial, but uh, he, he did throw it out there. So uh, let's share a little bit of uh, Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez as they uh, they get ready for this big Main event. I, I, it may not be appealing to the casual. I think if you're a hardcore fan, you like the fight already. It's got some heat behind it as well. Uh, Jeremy Stevens was the first one that came in and spoke to us in the media room. Jeremy, how weird has this whole experience been? I mean, I'm sure you're happy to, to, to get another fight in, you know, after what happened last time, but just having to run this whole thing back and talk about everything and folks, everything's so close after what happened. What's, what's this been like for you? It's fucking great, you know. Come here to a great American state here in Boston. It's a little bit more rowdy, you know. We're on my soil, so uh, everything's great. You know, I get to come back straight to America, train with my coaches, drive my car. You know, I felt like I was in jail. So like, it's like I got out. Like everything's brand new. So I feel great, man. We're here to uh, run it back, uh, bring a banger to Boston. Feel incredible. I was gonna ask you. I mean, if there's almost positives, because not that the first fight wasn't hype, but now I feel like everybody's really paying attention and going, man, this fight is gonna be insane. So. I know you wouldn't have liked things to happen the way they did in Mexico, but is is there some positives to take out of it that it's, it seems like a bigger fight now? Yeah, what if I would have knocked him out in Mexico? You see all they treated me there, you know? <laughs> Probably killed me. Uh, it's all good, though. You know, it's, uh, it's a great thing. You know, it's, it's, it's going to make it that much better when I put him on the canvas and he's staring up at the lights asking what happened, and uh, I'm celebrating the win. You know, it's going to be – it's just going to make it that much better. You know, after all this uh, shit that's gone down, uh, when I put his lights out, it's, 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 it's going to be a great night. It's going to be a huge night for me. I have to ask about the sunglasses. Is that just style today, or is there function behind those sunglasses as well? Just keep the fingers out of my eyes, my man. <laughs> Are they like a special type of glasses? It's kind of like an interesting design. It looks kind of neat. It's like some Randy Savage shit, huh? I, that's what I was going to say. Nice. Or like an 80s bad guy or something. No, I like style. So I feel good, look good. I'm going to fight great. Jared, one of the stories heading into Mexico City was that you went up there early to get used to the elevation. Is there any disappointment that you didn't get the puff to show, you know, the training you did to be ready for that elevation? Any, any disappointment in that? No, not at all, because we get to run it right back. So it's, you know, it's, uh, it was a great experience. You know, with, with the shit that went down, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from my experience in Sacagawea and the people that I met and the humble people in Mexico. I, I, I love it there. I'll definitely go back. I love that country. It's a beautiful country. Uh, I get it. You know, you didn't get to see a fight. You know, if I would have been on the, the audience and uh, that shit would have happened, I would have been throwing beer too, you know. So uh, this time, instead of, instead of that, I'm going to knock them out and then go drink a beer. So obviously... You're a professional. You have a set schedule where you want to peak and this and that. How have you had to change that, being that such a quick turnaround since your last fight? It ain't shit, man. I knocked out Duho Choi. Uh, you know, two days later they call me and I go knock out Emmett. So you know, this is going to be a little bit more vicious. So I'm 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 lighter. I'm I'm healthy. I'm in shape. I love staying active. I, I think people uh, forget about that. You know, a lot of people duck and dodge me along along the way, so it's hard for me to get fights. You know, fighting twice a year fucking sucks. You know, I mean, I, I make uh, enough money to, to provide for myself, but I'd love to fight three, four times a year. Uh, personal goal of mine is knock out Yair. You know, I'll come out great health. Uh, I'll look to be in that next in line for if uh, Zombie or Ortega drops off. So you bet your ass I'll fight one or two more times by the end of the year if, if, uh, if it's possible. What do you make of this BMF title? coming up in the two fighters that fought in your old weight class. You got to get me in that motherfucker. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, 
down, I mean, I'd, I'd go back up 55, 70, you know. Uh, I trained with uh, Masvidal, great guy. Uh, you know, my, one of my good uh, mentors, Josh Neary, trains with uh, Diaz. Uh, seeing him come up, I thought we were going to fight at 55. But uh, I love seeing that. Them, them guys get their money. They've been putting in 16, like 17 years. I've been a professional fighter since I was like 16. We're not professional, but I've been fighting since I was 16, professional at 18. That's like 17 years in the game. I'm up there with, with the best. I fought the best, fought nothing but killers, you know. So, uh, you know, no one's ever taken the dog out of me. If you're going to beat me, you're going you're gonna to be weaseling away, running for your fucking life and squeaking out decisions, you know, trying for a little bullshit takedown just to hold me down. Uh, you know, no one's ever taken the dog out of me. So uh, you can put me in that BF, uh, BMF uh, title runner, runner coming up. So I'm down. Jeremy, in recent interviews, you called yourself a real fighter. You just said you were a savage. You said you're a bad motherfucker. Do you think Yair yeah, yeah fits that description too or no? No. No, he's a karate kid, man. He's a karate kid. I don't think he is, bro. I think he's trying to be something that he's not, and he's going to find out the hard way come Friday night when his lights are out. All right, that was a little heathen. Always outspoken, always, uh, you know, Maybe, maybe, maybe not exactly PG at all times. Maybe not. Maybe a little bit R-rated, but that's Jeremy Stevens. Uh, and then after that, uh, Yair Rodriguez came in as well, and we got to talk to him about uh, just kind of everything that has happened and what we're expecting to see on uh, on Friday. All right. So after we talked to you yesterday at the open workouts, uh, after you told us that you were trying to, you know, push the anger to the side and just relax, we talked to Jeremy, kind of on the opposite side of that spectrum. He's still very fired up. Um, do you think it'll be difficult at all for you to, to keep those emotions under ta- under? Raps when you step in there with them? I don't think so. No. Um, I think I think uh, we all deal with that. We all have things to deal with uh, in our minds, you know. And I have my own battles to deal with. Um, I'm not dealing with them, with with his issues as well. So I'm just you know doing the best that I can with what I have, and that's it. He said that if he doesn't kill you, it's not a win. What do you think about those comments? As I'm telling you, bro, I think um, everybody has their own battles to deal with. If he thinks that way, then God bless him, bro, because he's in a deep shit right here. You know, I think he already has a lot of trouble in, in his life and stuff that he has to deal with that um, I don't even really want to keep on pushing too much into his head. You know, I want him fresh for this fight because, I mean, he's a tough opponent. I don't want him to be weak. You know, this is showing me that he's weak. And I, I want him fresh. I want you fresh, bro. You know, being very calm, he was very emotional. Do you think that benefits you to, uh, Friday? I mean, I think so. You know, you gotta you gotta go into a fight uh, completely focused, mm. thinking on on what your goal is, and uh, not focusing on the other guy. You know, I'm only fighting me. You know, my only opponent up there in the cage is me. I have to win every second of the fight against me, not against him. He was saying that he's a badass motherfucker and he doesn't think you are. Do you think he just has the com- like complete wrong idea of you as a person and what you bring to the case? Well, as I say yesterday, uh, I welcome you anytime. Whenever you want to come to my hometown and you want to see how life is in there, I can show you real quick. You know, things go there from zero to a hundred in less than a second. So if you think that, I'm fine too, you know, but I can show you anytime. Do you think that's just because of your fighting style? You got the flashy kicks and stuff. Maybe someone like him, who's a bit more of a brawler, you know, they see that and they think, oh, this guy's not the same as me. He doesn't have the same grit. Uh, you know, I think, I think, um, so it's two kinds of people. 
those who kick somebody when he's, when he's in the floor and those who doesn't. I'm not one of those guys. I don't kick nobody whenever he's in the floor, you know. So if he likes to do that, I'm fine. We're fighters. We're fighting anyways. And, you know, uh, in my career as a martial artist, you know, something that I have learned is that, uh, you know, we're competitors. And, you know, he can think he's a killer or he can think whatever he wants, you know, we're just competing. Speaking of your hometown, Mexico City obviously came out very hard for you, cheering like crazy. They also got a lot of criticism for throwing things into the cage, pouring beers on fighters. Apparently, Angela Hill claims that Jeremy got punched by a fan. What do you think about those actions? Well, I don't, um, I don't think... Do you think it'll affect going there in the future? Um, I, don't think, I, um, I don't think people's reaction was the, the most proper. You know, but I couldn't do nothing about it. I didn't. I didn't tell the fans punch him. You know, I didn't tell the fans throw shit at him, throw things at him. You know, it was people's reaction, first reaction before even I start speaking in the microphone. You can go and watch the replay again. You know, I, I remain calm until I, I was. I was in the cage for those six minutes. Uh, the, the doctor was checking him, and people start throwing stuff at him. You know, and people was putting a lot of pressure. You know, he was just with his eyes closed. I think right here with your eyes closed. It's one world, whenever, whenever you close your eyes and whenever you're in a dark room by yourself, who you are, what you think in there, that's what it really matters. You know, I think whenever he closed his eyes and whenever he was, uh, he realized and he was in deep shit, he, he decided to use the rules to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah, do you have any regrets though? Like I saw a lot of people say that maybe if you'd have told the crowd to calm down a little bit, you know, speak in Spanish on the microphone or something. I mean, do you feel like maybe in retrospect you could have handled that situation a little bit different? Maybe you could have helped the crowd calm down a little bit? I mean, I think I did with what I said, you know, but he was already out of the, the place whenever I, I grabbed the microphone, you know. You can go and watch the replays again, as I'm telling you, you know. People start throwing stuff before I even start talking or doing anything, you know. Uh, I mean, as I'm telling you, it's, I don't think it was the, the best reaction, but it was the most natural reaction to pe uh, of people doing doing that. You know, I, I mean, poor Jeremy, bro. I, I, I think nobody would like to have that... Um, Situation, you know, I think it was uh, kind of sad, you know. But uh, even like that, I think the 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 most hurt in there was me. All right, so that is your co-main event, Yair Rodriguez, Jeremy Stevens. Should be fireworks. And speaking of fireworks, Simon Simano, he's been dropping news from the Banyo. He's been grinding over there, working at the uh, kitchen desk bar area. I mean, just just doing just doing good. The bar things. area. The bar area, and now he's uh, joining us and uh, adding to this beautiful, amazing. And he's what is he getting? Mic techniques from like sign language going on. I, I know what Oscar's going oh, for there. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. Well, see, yeah. To paint the picture, Simon Simano is using a stick mic, and uh, I'm sure there were some kind of obscene gestures going on over there. All right, let's talk about the rest of this card, guys. Um, Listen, I said it going in, and, and, and I honestly do believe it, man. I think this card should be a lot of fun. I think we're going to end up having a, a good time. Um, let's let's just – I'll let you guys talk about your favorite main card fight because, look, Greg, Greg Hardy, Ben Sosely, um listen, Greg Hardy, a, a beacon of uh, – a lightning rod <laughs> of controversy. I mean, people – must be like beacon of humanity. Oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't going there. Listen, But, hey, listen, I like what Greg – listen, I've interviewed Greg – 
probably more than anybody because he did the contender series. I've been in a lot of his fights. And I actually did like what he said. I mean, he, he, look, he, every time he faces a new set of media and every time it's a similar set of questions. But this week he said, hey, man, if there's a rule that says if you've been in yeah. trouble with the law that you can't participate, I'm out. I'll step out. I got no problem with that. I thought that was like – I mean, it wasn't like an F you, but it was like a, hey, man, if they make a rule that I can't do it. And listen, completely unbiasedly, I think fighters who have had trouble with the law should definitely be allowed to fight. Yeah, I mean, completely unbiased, <laughs> completely understand where you're coming with that. He's going against Ben Sosalee, uh, the the Australian, uh, who, by the way, uh, I think uh, endeared us all, man. He's got a good character. He's got that. Right. He's amazing. Joel Lazon versus Jonathan Pierce. Man, the pop Joel Lazon got here, deserving. I mean, cool to see him back. Macy Barber versus Jillian Robertson, a big women's fight there. Uh, you know, two prospects. It's kind of interesting that the USC put them together so early. I mean, they're, they're you know, kind of two of the, you know, dub the future, and they're, and they're putting them together now. Meanwhile, uh, Darren Stewart versus Deron Wynn. Deron Wynn, of course, did miss weight pretty bad. And I guess we should say, by the way, the weigh-in scale this morning was about a pound and a half off. Like, if you go back and look at those weigh-in results, like, everybody was light. So anybody that missed, um, which, of course, was Deron Wynn, and, and uh, Dennis Bermudez as well. <laughs> Manny Bermudez. Sorry, Dennis Bermudez. You're not even fighting anymore. That's my bad. You didn't miss weight. Manny Bermudez. Uh, missing weight. Um, man, whatever their miss was, add a pound and a half yeah, to that. Because that scale was off. So, I don't know. Nolan, start with you as, as the local guy. Uh, we'll give you the honors, man. Which one of those fights, you know, outside of that main co-main has is, is got you jazzed up? Are you excited about? Do you want, <laughs> do you want to talk about here? Is, is, is it your homeboy, Lazon, or is it, is it something else? Yeah, I mean, I think the Barber-Robertson fight is, is a huge one. It's a nice middle of the, the main card, uh, you know, booster fight where you have, like you said, you have the, the two prospects that are coming up at the same time. And I think that they're, they're good foils for each other because Barber has a head full of steam. Everybody's got her, their eyes on her. And then you have Robertson who, you know, hasn't been in that spotlight, but she's been just as effective. She's yep. getting it done. And the thing about her that I love is every time she fights, you see noticeable improvements in strides. So she's only 24, and, and the trajectory right now is, is pretty high. So I'm excited for that one, man. I know I'm supposed to pick a local guy and everything, but that's the honest answer. I dig it, man. Listen, I, I've been open with you guys. I'm a, I mean, I love Macy Barber. I think she's legit. But I love Jillian Robertson, man. You've got this girl who is completely socially awkward, you know what I mean, who admits that she's, like, scared of talking to people and, like, just is shy and, and, and like I said, awkward. I mean, I think that's the word for it. She's got that little thing where after she talks, she goes, ha, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's a, it's a little Mark Hunt-esque there, but but on a higher pitch. But she's no Hannah Cyphers, though, is she? No Hannah. Oh, Hannah. Poor Hannah. She is the worst. She is so scared to talk she, to people. She's no Hannah Cyphers, but she's she's she's, she's, she's a, close, maybe. He's, he's a, she's hilarious. But, and then, you know, Julian, and then she, uh, and then she, if, if you haven't seen it before, and hopefully they, they show it on the uh, on the ESPN two broadcast, but she walks out to Fifty Cent PIMP. Oh, yeah, John's I mean, been John's on, been dog. John's yeah. been raving about Jen this all, all week. The nickname, the Savage Man. I I, I love I love everything. So I can't honestly, wait for the day she changes that music. And he's gonna be like, right. She's dead to me. Told you, man. She's terrible. She always was terrible. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm I'm keyed up for that one as well. And it is it is interesting to see two really really young prospects like that meeting up right now. Simon Samano, uh, how about you? Out of the, out of the, the the main card, is it that? women's fight that you're most keyed up about or is it another one it, it would be the it would be the women's fight it, yeah. would, it would be the macy barber uh jillian robertson fight because mostly because you know the confidence that uh macy exudes the words that she uses the things that she's striving for like i want to see that progression until we get to that point where she hopefully becomes the youngest ufc champion right uh so you know i want to see those strides i want to see those things happen now i think she's going to be tested tomorrow i do too uh in a big way and i think we've seen her you know 
maybe not at her crispest, like in, in the later in the third round of her fights before. Um, but you know, this is this is a really intriguing matchup. I, I like it a lot, man. And uh, yeah, you know, it, I will say this is funny about Macy and. Man, I said it a couple weeks ago with Israel Adesanya. I already see people turning on Adesanya. I do feel like some people are turning on Macy Barber. Like, you know, we see – and again, not that the comment section is necessarily the best place to judge, you know, MMA opinions, but you do see it, right? That you do like, see it, and you know what? It will it will happen more. I mean, I hate to bring this up, but it will happen more with a male-dominated audience right. on a female fighter. It's true. I mean, if she shows, you know, that much swag and she's talking that big of a game – Guys will turn on her quickly. Like sure. it'll happen. Boy, we are the PC police tonight. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you guys were talking about earlier, plus this, yeah, I guess we kind of are. Death, <laughs> sexism. Welcome to the MMA Road Show. <laughs> you know, just a frosty <laughs> beverage and some casual MMA talk. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar, how about you? Is it, I mean, we're looking at this main card. Is it the women's fight that you're that you're most keyed up about, or something else? Listen, I, I think it's hard to say that. Like Macy Barber and Jillian Roberts isn't. A really interesting fight. Interestingly, Jillian has a Wikipedia page and Macy Barber doesn't, so maybe what? Look to, yeah, you go. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's what, a weird John Morgan oh, behind this with, development. With the breaking news here, that's the sort the of hard hitting journalism Mac Life. That's the hard hitting journalism Mac Life can get you. Macy Barber doesn't have a Wikipedia account. <laughs> no, I, I like. I, I really like that fight, and um, I was really into the Duran win Darren Stewart fight as well. But I feel like him until missing the weight, weight miss. Yeah, the weight until miss. Until the weight him, miss. Him missing, his, him missing weight is kind of like. Just sort of stung that fight for me a little bit. Do you know what? This this is a fight card that I, I I've ranted at you about this uh, earlier this week, John. This fight card from top to bottom is a better fight card than UFC Melbourne. I mean, it doesn't have it. Let's not get it twisted. It doesn't have it as is. good a fight as right. The, the it main doesn't fight. have the big feature. But what I will oh, can say- you imagine if, if if like you had this card? And let's take let's take Reyes Weidman out because that is the main event. So yeah, let's yeah. not pretend like you get a bonus main event. But if you took this. Card yeah. and, and then put Adesanya Mel- Whitaker at the top made of that it. Melbourne, yeah. But, but what I and even the prelims has names on it as well, which we'll get to. But like what I will say about this card, which I think kind of hurts, it is like there's a lot of name fighters that people are interested in, but they don't necessarily like. And what I'll stand by. Oh that is yeah, like, you've been saying that this weekend. You're right. Because I am very wise. Um, but like for example, <laughs> Indeed. Macy Barber is you know gets a mixed reaction because she's so confident. Greg Hardy, uh, I don't think he's, has he done anything? What's the uh, reason? I what, I, I, yeah, I think please fill us in on the reason why people don't like him. I think like he had him. unpaid parking tickets or something. I don't remember. But anyway, That's so Greg Hardy gets a lot of shit. Siren. <laughs> Jeremy Stevens, I mean, just because he is who he is, gets a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah, after the eye poke that he yeah. denied, gets a lot of shit. Uh, I just think there's a lot of names on this card that, People don't really like, but they're interested in, right? right? So, so that's why we were talking about earlier. Our content maybe hasn't got the views we expected because people might want to watch them fight, don't necessarily want to watch them talk. So, I actually think, come fight night, when you're sitting there and you you realize it's about to start, I think it's going to be a really great card. Yeah. Um. And but as uh, going back to like as the main card, I, I I'm going to jump on the bag. I'm going to say Macy versus Jillian is a fun fight. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm excited about that. Joel is on. Potentially his retirement fight, right? Like yeah. win or lose, potentially his retirement fight again. Greg Hardy, man. Like, like I, I mean, I know it's, I know it sucks. To, I like the guy, man. I know that that puts me out on an island where people are like, dude, you, you can't like that guy. But I don't know, man. I mean, I, I know his past is awful, but as far as a fighter, I think he's dangerous, and I do feel like he's trying to to do the right things. I was keyed up about Duran Win as well. Uh, Darren Stewart with the subtle shade today, right? Didn't even. <laughs> I mean, 
Deron Wynn is so short. Like he is <laughs> he, he didn't. so short. It was a complete it was it was calling him out for If you short. go watch the face offs <laughs> and, and Simon, you said it right, man. Like if you go watch the face offs, like Deron Wynn kinda walks up to Darren Stewart and full Darren head, full yeah, head above him. He's a full head above him and Darren like never even bothers to look down, just continues to look forward. And Simon said it right, man. Had he done had he kinda Put the, 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 the hand up to the eyes. <laughs> like where I, I was it. expecting it. It didn't happen, but I was I was waiting for it. it but was, did, did, I think Deron kind of played himself because, like, okay, not to, like, shit on the guy. He obviously was, like, almost trying to get on his tiptoes to, like, get mm. into his eye line, but he didn't want to go full tiptoes <laughs> to it. But it was, like, so I was just like, oh, this guy's really short. We always see fighters that try to see their opponent's eyes when they're not looking at them at the square off, you know, yeah. try to get in. I actually think Duran could not physically see Stewart's eyes. Hundred percent true. I've never seen. I've never seen that before. That's a fact. Right. That is a fact. I've never seen that, and that's not a knock. Obviously, you know he's a killer, but uh, definitely that was just stuck out. I mean, behind me, even like there was just kind of an audible like giggle from the crowd. Almost like, ooh, like look at this. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sure that'll be a big big part of that fight. It was good. All right, let's talk about the prelims. Nolan, I'll, I'll give it to you as, as the homeboy again uh, about, you know, because and, and you had some nice features on some of the fighters here as well, so I know I know you know this scene very well. Um, you know, Manny Bermudez versus Charles Rose to the two locals. That had a lot of, uh, I don't want to say tension, but kind of a fun little flavor there as the kind of the local versus the local. Although uh, Manny Bermudez had the nice little trash talk about, you know, why is he Boston strong? Like he's, you know, he's down in Florida uh, at ATT. But then, of course, Manny misses weight, and I think that was uh, a little odd. And, and, and you had a little nugget about that. Maybe you want to share that. And so I, don't, I don't know if you could share that nugget or not about that weight miss there uh, and, and, and some things you heard behind the scenes. But um, uh, listen, some other local names on there as well. Um, man, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to pick from here, but – what uh, man? This is kind of a deep card. It's like Kevin Holland. Look at Kevin Holland way down mm. there, man. Court McGee has been around forever against Sean Brady, who's uh, got a lot of hype coming in, coming from CFFC, fine organization with a fantastic broadcasting team. I might just say, by the way, <laughs> uh, Boston. <laughs> how, how, how did they, how did the, how did the name get corrected? Today? John Anik said it, so I know it must be. I, I've Salmon. Yeah, Salmon. Salmon. I, of course, I've always called him Boston Salmon. He's never told me. Um, I commentated some of his tough enough fights. He's never told me, John, you said it wrong, but. John Anik, ever the professional, he makes sure that he gets it tonight. Yeah. Boston Salmon versus Randy Costa, who's um, a dangerous fighter and also has a, a really great story. Is there Kyle Botniak, who man, uh, a far better fighter than his USC record, especially would reflect uh, against Sean Woodson, who's an absolute giant. Uh, the newcomer in Diana Belvita versus Molly McCann, who was just up there. Just talking trash as she does at the official weigh-ins. At the official weigh-ins, Molly McCann weighed in first, and then she came back to where the audience is, and she's yelling at Diana when she, she's she on the screen, like she got nothing, nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was up there talking trash on stage as well. So, uh, some, some fun fights. It's all actually the way around. funny because it's something about the English accent I can actually lip read. She was saying to her, "You're gonna fucking get it." That's yeah. what I could tell by her. Like, I'm not. That's not even like a guess. She was saying, "You're, you're gonna, gonna fucking, fucking get, get it." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. All right, let's turn it over to Nolan. Give, give me, give me. Uh, I mean, and if it's more than one, tell me. I mean, what do you, what, what should people be looking out for in these prelims? I guess a general theme that kind of sticks out to me, and I, I can't speak to to Belbita. You know, I, I I haven't watched too much tape on her, but the other debuting fighters on this card, uh, sometimes the UFC signing surprised me. As somebody that follows the regional scene, I see something, I'm like, mm, like where did how did this come about? It's kind of an unusual. They they jumped over other people to get in, but I think Brendan Allen, Tanner Bozer. Uh, and Sean Brady and Sean Woodson are all guys that have earned it. They deserve it. They're guys that have potential. They're not just somebody they're, they're, they're plugging in to, to fill a slot that, you know, might not go anywhere. So uh, it's tough to just pick one fight. I think the Kevin Hall and Brendan Allen fight is great. Uh, there's 
some rivalry there uh, from the regional scene when when uh, Kevin and, and Brendan were fighting for, I think, LFA or maybe it was even Legacy back then, but it must have been LFA. They, they were supposed to square off. They had kind of started to talk about that, and Kevin ended up going to Contender Series instead. So they, they've been chirping since the moment that that MMA junkie broke that fight. And uh, yeah. cheap plug. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, Solid uh, website. So that, Solid website. That's one of them. And then you mentioned Sean Brady, who I think should have been in the UFC a long time ago. Yep. The way that he got signed into this whole thing was Eddie Alvarez, who's not even in the UFC. Uh, he's fighting for one championship. Made a call to, to, to the UFC executives and said, hey, you know, I know I'm not with you anymore. I think we're still on good terms. Like, if you, if you trust in me, you should sign this kid. And, and they did, and his, his debut got delayed for some other reasons and things that went on. But uh, I think that he's, a, a, he's somebody that could be a star going forward. He's 10-0 for a reason. Dig it. I'm, I'm excited about that. What about you, Simon Smon? Anything in these prelims that you're most stoked about? Yeah, the one that I'm probably most stoked about is Kyle Bosniak against Sean Woodson. Yeah. Um, on top of the fact that Nolan wrote a great story about Kyle Bosniak this week, uh, which was tremendous. Just More cheap plug. Uh, Keep it up. Oscar, just be brainstorming something nice to say about me. <laughs> I've got one in. Go. Yeah, 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 go. I'm super intrigued by Sean Woodson. Um, he looks like a guy that should be run over. Uh, but he really does. I mean, he does look like a really – uh, uh, you know, oh, you meant in the times of fight, not literally with a car. Not, <laughs> not run over by a car. I got confused. I was he like, definitely that, shouldn't be run over by a car. Proper twelve. By his opponents. Like, no, that's that's pretty aggressive. But man, that contender series fight was really impressive. Yep. That knockout was impressive, yep. and the way that fight carried out, I'm like, oh, who is this guy? And I believe Nolan had mentioned a little bit about him before, uh, and so yeah, that's the one that I'm looking forward to, Sean Woodson. I think. Uh, he can maybe really uh, assert himself as somebody to watch, you know, tomorrow night. Yep, I think Oscar. Uh, did you have your compliment ready for Nolan about how he killed it on the on the? Uh, yeah, I just so I did, give it to me. No, realistically, I just want to say that you are a very gentle but thorough lover, and I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. A little, that's, a, that's a little that's a little breaking news as well to why. Well done, uh, sir. Just, well just, done. Yeah, yeah. Every nook and cranny, just it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a little breaking news here of why uh, you know we're hanging out this weekend. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. MMA junkie in the Mac life. One doesn't belong. Synergy. Yeah. Symbi- but you know, you can c- and you can cut that audio and play that to all the women you encounter. That's fine. Um, as far as prelims cards, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know why I'd pick her, but Molly McCann gets yeah. my interest. I mean, she, she's English. Yeah. Why could is she, she English? Is she? I didn't know that. <laughs> no, she like listen. She's feisty. She's fun. She wouldn't be the most technical of people. I think it's fair to say, but you know, she comes to fight, and I enjoy it. I'm actually big on Kevin Holland, man. I, I find great. him very entertaining. I he just. He just cracks me up. The official weigh-ins, he was funny. The ceremonial weigh-ins, he was funny. Like every engage, he wasn't part of the the media plans this week, but he still found a way to be engaging. I just find his, you know, and he's so admit like, are they, you know, oh, and I train, they tell me to shut up. When I walk around, like people tell me to shut up. Like he just won't stop talking, and I found it very funny at the ceremonials. Like he just wouldn't stop jawing, and Dana's like, okay, you can go, and he's just still yeah. there, just rat. I enjoy it, so I, I I always keep an eye on Kevin Holland, and I actually think like. He's kind of, he could have got a higher ranked fight than this, you know. He, he, I think Kevin Holland could have, if they felt like it, they could have given him a rocket booster treatment, you know. Right. Probably better that they don't because you need these guys to build slowly. Sometimes, you know, you, you want your rockets and then you want your guys yep. to follow up. So, but he's one of those guys I think he, he could get a lot of attention very quickly if they promoted him a certain way. So I am very interested in that fight. But for me, uh, listen, you know, I don't know much about. 
Diana. I can't pronounce her last name, but I, I, I like Molly. Molly. She's fine. Molly entertains me. She's fine. I, like, listen, I, I, I don't think she's going to be a world champion one day. But she's fun to watch. Not everybody but, can be. Not but, everybody that's it. Be. But you know she's what? Like, do you Cheated. know? What? I don't really imagine her ever showing up and not just fucking fighting her. Yep. You know, just fighting her hard out. So. I dig it. Maybe so she should create a BMF female belt or something. You know. There you go. Know, just she Ooh. can do it. Create her own belt. Scrappy. Scrappy. Female. Cross out, could be cross, out, female. cross out the M and turn it upside down so it's a W for women. Oh, oh look at that. But <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be a bad woman fucker. <laughs> oh, no, it wouldn't be bad. Can I circle back to one thing, Jeff? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> With regards to Greg Hardy, what do you think, what will we find out like tomorrow in his development when they, when they match him up against someone like Nothing, and that's Socially. that's the only thing that, that I'm a little bit frustrated about is because I don't feel like we necessarily understand who we have yet. Juan Adams seemed like the fight that where they were going to – now we were going to go up to yeah. somebody instead of and, some guy making his debut. And I'm not trying to say like Ben Sosalee like uh, – I'm not trying to downplay his skills. Maybe Ben Sosalee is a future champion, but we've seen his moments. We have He's not just an established commodity where we know exactly what we're getting. So that does frustrate me a little bit with Greg Hardy. But I also understand it. I mean, look, Greg Hardy – Love him or hate him, gets clicks. He gets he gets views. I mean, ESPN obviously wants him on there. I mean, there, it's clearly no, they want him on the on the main it's card. It's not an of accident it. that he continues to of be course. on ESPN main cards, right? So I, I mean, he he does draw eyeballs in for that. But I and I understand why they're slow rolling him a little bit. I mean, to be honest, it's smart matchmaking. I mean, this is a guy. This, this is. This is the Scott Coker way of doing things, right? You know what I mean? You know, like, yeah, yeah this, we'll, you're kind of right. We'll bring you through. And, and I think, you know, Mick Maynard is the heavyweight matchmaker. He's doing a good job of, of, of hey, let's navigate him through these waters without. Now, now eventually you get to a point where you. Because you, you, this is his fourth fight. Yeah, eventually it's sink or swim. Eventually it's sink or swim. And he's probably right about there. I mean, especially if this is something impressive. I don't think you can continue to give him newcomers or retreads, or, you know, they haven't seen in a while. So that is the one thing. Like, I, I am a little bit frustrated about this. I, I expect Greg Hardy to win this fight. Do I think that he could lose? Absolutely, because he's still raw. But the thing is, if he wins, I don't feel like I'd necessarily learn anything, as so you asked. Assuming he wins tomorrow, like we, I think we all think he will. Is there somebody in that 10 to 15 ranking or just outside the top 15 that you think would be a suitable opponent for his fifth? UFC fight? I mean, hey, listen, I'll give all credit because I think Oscar's been the one throwing it out this week that he'd like to see the Tai Tuivasa fight. Let's do it. Tai Tuivasa is a That would be the one. That yeah, actually, on. that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think that would be a fun fight. I mean, there's name tie, value. There's it, name value. Ties, ties in a place now where he can't be calling any shots. Right. You know, and he's got to take whatever they give him. So, um, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I shout out to, to Oscar Willis, man. I, I, I think that's a great fight Listen, to make from what, from, what, from what I heard, Ty's management really wanted Greg in Melbourne. That's what I heard. Like, they were really interested in that fight. And to me, it makes all the sense of the world. They both have name value. I mean, listen. Was the UFC nervous about making it happen? I, I don't know why they didn't make it happen. If I, if I was going to put a guess on it, I would imagine, you know, they really want to give Greg the slow burn. Do you know what I mean? Like they really—he's still learning on the job. Yeah, they, they just they, don't want him to learn on the job in Bellator. And, and, and <laughs> you know, and, and like on paper, Ty has the experience and and, and the fighting experience. I mean, Ty fought, Ty was beating Junior De Santos. Do you know what I mean? Right. So on paper, you'd be like, "Well, fuck, we're not putting our young learning guy up against him." But now, listen, I love Ty. I think I'm a big, big Ty guy. I think he's so funny. I think he's great uh, to cover. But. But you can't say that he's looked 
good in mm-hmm. any of his last fights, nor has he looked, and, and this is perhaps even more damning, he hasn't looked like he's improved. He's looked like That's the thing. He looks declined. like he's taking, yeah, he's taking he's, steps he's back. He's declining. And I think that's like, so as far as the UFC, maybe I'd have been hesitant to book them before Melbourne. Yeah. After that, fuck, man. I feel like against if you put anyone against Greg Hardy, it's like, hey, shit, for the first two minutes and a half, <laughs> you know, he yeah. might he might kill anybody. Right. The, I mean, the other names, like like Shamil Abdurakimov, I mean, but... Does that excite me? No, like if Tyson no, Wasa fight excites some... me. If Blagoy even off, if he, if Blagoy loses to Derek Lewis, I mean maybe even if he beats Derek Lewis, maybe you could put him against Blagoy even off because Blagoy I think is a guy that um, Being he a will grind WSOF you. Champ. Yeah, he's got he's got yeah. some skins on the wall and he will grind you. But as far as like speed, like like you said, that first two and a half minutes or something like it's going to be a scary proposition. Would for somebody now. like a and I have no idea what the con- what the contract situation, but like a Justin Willis. Oh, dude, he's gone. But Justin Wills is gone. I'm saying if they they want to bring him back, they've got to put him against Ty. I know, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I guess that's the fight that does have to happen. Yeah, that's true. For the sake of that conversation, it seems like he's definitely out at this point. Uh, He actually went to the the UFC headquarters to meet with them on his own, drove over there, and didn't seem like things even were able to get settled. (laughs) Even remotely close. Maybe she's so... Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, well, listen. Uh, all right, listen. I, I said it was an interesting week. There's a couple different things I want to talk about. Uh, hopefully, we did a nice job of previewing this card. I think it's going to be fun. Make sure and watch UFC Boston. WWE, which is one reason you're here, Simon Samano. You're a, a wrestling fan. You're a, a, a you know attend a show every now and then. Uh, I had never been to a WWE press conference before. That's right. I don't think they do many press conferences. That's probably why I hadn't been to one. <laughs> but I will say this. You know, I listen. I grew up as a wrestling fan when I was a little kid, and then and then when I found out that you know it wasn't real fighting, I, I kind of sure. drifted away. But I still get it, man. I understand why people like it. And I will say, being in T-Mobile where they were setting up and they were getting ready, man. It, the, the the show, the presentation, and we were just there for a little thing, and Oscar was there as well, man. It was cool, man. It was really cool. And, man, the production they had, like the way the stage looked. Well, that was that was the SmackDown uh, setup where they already, come and they just, you know, did a press conference on the stage so right So cool, man. And, like, uh, like the, the you know, they played a couple, like, sizzle reels to start yeah. the thing off, and, like, oh, my God, their video production is insane. It's tremendous. It was so cool, man. I have to say, man, they do a top-notch deal. But we knew the news that we were there for, that Cain Velasquez was coming, that he was going to fight Brock Lesnar. Um, I don't know. I guess a little surprising to me that he's – a little surprised me that he's closing the door on his MMA career, but I totally respect him for it. I totally uh, understand why he's doing it. And, and honestly, commend him for it, man. If you can find a way to make money without being in a real fight, man, God bless you. Go do it. Yep. Um, but talk to me as a, as a wrestling fan. I mean, what kind of splash is Kane going to make, or does he seem to be making already? I mean, it is crazy that he just started pro wrestling. And I've seen that. Look, I've seen the clips. I don't know a lot about pro wrestling, but, dude, it looks like he's actually pretty good at this stuff. But talk to me about, like, just kind of what your sense as far as he's coming in. And then is the Brock Lesnar fight, like, so I see it both ways. Like, on on some ways, I'm like, well, of course you put him with Brock Lesnar. They have history. They have beef. They have this. On the other hand, you're like, but wait, I've already seen Kane kick Brock Lesnar's ass. Like, why why do I want to put him with him something else? So, I don't know. What did you think about the whole thing as as, as a guy that kind of gets wrestling too? What do you think about it? As far as Kane and jumping into an immediate feud with Brock Lesnar, I think it makes – complete sense um you can't bring kane in and have him you know just wrestle or or feud with anybody uh you have him come in he does the feud with the former you know ufc champion that he beat to win his first title it makes complete sense to me um 
I'm good with that. And I think some people might might look at that situation and they'll say, oh, but if, you know, if uh, Brock Lesnar uh, 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 beats him or whatever the case is in this match, I'm just going to think back to the fact that Kane smashed him, you know, uh, back in a real two, fight. In a real fight. Yeah. You know, and so that's I think that's but, the part that makes me surprising because I'm assuming the script would be you have Brock win. Uh, most likely. They're gonna have Brock win so they can do a rematch. If, if you right? were gonna bring Kane in, you don't have to put Brock Lesnar over anymore. Brock Lesnar is over, but the WWE Vince McMahon has a hard on for Brock Lesnar. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, that's why you end up with a situation where Brock Lesnar smashes the champion for the last eight months in a matter of seconds. Right. That's what happened. And I know you don't watch pro wrestling, but that was a terrible ending to a really great story arc with Kofi Kingston, who was the WWE champion at the time. Really you bad know, booking. Kofi Kingston, the, the video. I saw the video where he was really like... Really terrible. All like, that... I'm going to run to defend my belt or whatever. That was all that just to set this up. So, like... Mark Romano's going to come for you, bro. You can I, wrestling. I don't know. I, I'm actually unsure if this is even a title match because I don't think you make... No, they, they said it... They, is they, it a title match? They didn't announce it, but then on WWE.com, the most reputable of... Uh, I mean, new fights. source. They, yeah. they did say it was for a title. It is a title match, which means Brock's going to win. It means Brock's going to win, or there's going to be a disqualification type ending of some sort. Like they might do that so to where drag he can it retain on. the title, and they, they they drag it on, but they don't have Cain Velasquez look like he just took a dive against the guy who he smashed nine years ago. I mean that that's yeah. very possible. You know, it would be pretty baller. Like really. no, as far so as if they had a wrestling a match and then they, they 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 redid the spot where Brock like did a fucking spinning disco move. <laughs> yes. If they did that again, that'd be pretty dope. I'd I'd fucking buy that. That'd be so fun. Be as amazing. far as Kane as 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 a wrestler, you've seen the clips. Dude, I'm surprised to see a 240-pound guy doing hurricane runners. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's the move where you jump on some dude and you spin around and you flip him over from the legs to your head. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, but we know that. We know Kane's athleticism is crazy. Right. So, like, it's it's a really, it's a good, it's good overall. I'm I'm intrigued. I'll watch Crown Jewel in a couple weeks because I'm really intrigued by it. That's cool, man. I I, I don't. Know. I'm happy for. And Kane. I'm happy for Kane. I am too, man. His body. His body just has not allowed him to fight. Dude, when he was down in Mexico as a guest fighter, I've never seen him more relaxed and happy. And and, and it was funny because at the time, and now it totally makes sense because if, if you remember that interview, if you happen to see it on MMA Junkie or listen to it, like I, I asked him like multiple times, like, you know, hey, would you be okay with not fighting anymore? Because it seems like you're pretty good at and this. And he, you know? he seemed content. Yeah, he mm. did, man. And, and it, it was funny because like, like – he didn't want to. He kind of answered it in a weird way, and now right. I get it because he knew this he announcement knew. was coming. I mean, it's not like this all came together in two weeks' time. Like oh, yeah. he knew, so he didn't want to announce it. But, um, but I'm happy with it, man. He was, he was. Uh, he I'm was, happy for him as well. Super happy. It always surprises me that people get like almost angry about this. I see in the comments you and stuff like, oh, oh geez. and I don't, yeah. I do and not understand. You have that. one of the the most uh, a great sportsmen in this sport who. Had some bad luck, you know. Let's face it. Might have been the greatest heavyweight of all there, time. There's that possibility. Yep. You can have that conversation. You Definitely know? can. And, uh, you know, for him to go out there, and clearly this is a venture he wanted to pursue, something where he can make money. Uh, you know, he could still utilize his, his gifts as an athlete and as a big dude who can, like you said, do I don't know what you just said. but Hurricane whatever. Rana. Her, Hurricane Rana. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeez. The low-key shade there from Nolan yeah. King. Uh, <laughs> subtle shade. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of shade here and there. Um, 
But yeah, man, I mean, you could just tell. He's genuinely happy. I will, we, we, the interviews, everything. And- I will say, though, as far as Kane with this whole WWE thing, you know, we've never known Kane to be a talker and to be a really successful wrestler. Uh, pro wrestler, you have to have mic skills. Yeah. But you, so, sorry, so let me ask you a question. Listen, John, all right, no, let me get it. You have to have mic skills. Well, all right. Well, well, John and I were at his, uh, his debut press conference. And uh, it was, listen, I like Kane. Kane's cool. But I don't know if when he was doing a speech about how Brock Lesnar had wronged Rey Mysterio, if uh, he was forgetting his lines. There was he, a lot of pause yeah, in it, between it, pause. his it, message. Like, I literally was like, when he was taking pause, I was like, I say, did he get told, like, slow down, take dramatic pauses? Or did or he forget did he his forget? lines? Yeah. Or is he just shitting well, his fucking but bricks? Is it, like, but isn't that, like, isn't that thing, like, like, like Brock's not a great talker, stay at Paul Heyman, talk for him, right? Brock's so, a, and dude, that's, Brock's a and great that's talker. I'm going to lay on top of my wife tonight. That was a fantastic promo. <laughs> that's why they about? line him up with the with Rey Mysterio. Because even if you watched... Which you didn't. I know you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you watched SmackDown that night, which was in Vegas, when he showed up uh, for the first, uh, not for the first time, the second time, and they brought him out, um, it was with Rey Mysterio, and he had just like one line, basically, and it was in Spanish, and then Rey Mysterio translated it (laughs) for Brock Lesnar. He said that he's going to give him another scar on the other side of his face. Uh. Because Brock mentioned in the press conference, every time I see yeah, this which was scar. Brock, which so was they're Brock's playing own that doing. Up. That wasn't on the teleprompter. Brock came like. Well, hold on. It was Brock's own doing, or they told him to say that. I think Brock's it was a good line. I will say, like, I think even Brock's though I know better. it was scripted. Or I mean, I don't know if it was scripted. I mean, it was a, no, it was a WWE press conference. I, but when he said that, when he's like, every day I look in the mirror and I see the scar, I was oh, like. Oh, no, that came up in some. That it, probably came up in some writer's talks. We're like, guys, hey, Brock, let's make sure we mention you guys this. Are or it might have been Paul Heyman's. You're giving uh, Brock such a disservice. This is the same guy who got in the ring and went, Steve Poe kick is a piece of shit. I mean, this guy's a genius. Okay, listen, yeah. we have besmirched these airwaves long <laughs> enough. WWE talk. All right, listen, I said it was an interesting week. That was our morning. The evening uh, for myself and Oscar as well was at the PFL. And it was a fantastic night of fights, uh, both in and out of the cage. Uh, I did want to talk about this just briefly. Look, Ali Abdelaziz, who literally last week was on – I played the interview on this program – where he said, I'm, I'm, I'm turning over a new leaf. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. I, I got to get out of this drama. I got to get out of this. Um, listen, I, uh, I, I don't know what to say, man. I, I, I have the soft spot for Ali Abdelaziz, and I understand the controversy and the things that he's been accused of from terrorism to, to whatever else. <laughs> you know. And I, I don't necessarily know where all the facts lie. To, to being a rodent? Yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> And I don't necessarily know where all the facts lie sometimes. Um, but, I mean, he is a powerful figure in this industry, no question about it. He represents a big client list. And, and you know, obviously we deal with him so that, so that we can, you know, have access to his clients. Um, I will say, man, the, the fact that he walked up and, and punched Abe Kawa, by all accounts, pretty much completely unprovoked. And I, and, and I, and I guess I say... Completely unprovoked. We, we, I mean, should, directly, we should say this was p- police witnessed it. I police mean, witnessed this it. This is what the police witnessed. So, so did I. I want to make sure that well, we're covering our bases say, here. And Oscar witnessed it. Oscar witnessed it. All right, well, that's it was good. directly at, at this point. Now, listen, they have gone back and forth online. They have taken shots in the media. They have taken shots in social media. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just, To me, I was very, very disappointed by this incident. And I'm, I know that may sound silly to people, but I, I just – in the same way, I will say this, um, 
well, I don't even know if I can say this with you here, Oscar. In the same way, when Conor McGregor punched a gentleman in the bar, I saw it as completely indefensible. You may have not have heard of that event. Uh, maybe you never saw that. But it, it, it just, to me, it was it was something that was completely indefensible. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I just I, – I, I, I don't want to see things continue to develop this route, man. In the same way we're talking about – you know, let's not talk about death. And, dude, I get it, man. There's always going to be rivalries, man. There's always, like, dude, you're talking about two of the high, most highest-powered managers in the game, firms in the game. And I get it, man. There's going to be there's going to be some hate. Some of it is going to be professional rivalry because they all, you know, want, are competing for dollars and they're competing for attention. Some of it, I'm sure, is very personal. You know what I mean? And listen, there is – talks behind the scenes of like people trying to poach people's clients and and, and i guess i mean there's 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 many levels to this thing and it's going to play out uh over the coming weeks and months man i don't think we have seen the end of this by far i mean i think uh, malky has made it clear that he's going scorched earth on this um i, I think there's going to be charges pressed there's going to be uh there's going to be lots of stuff that we have not heard the end of this incident i just i just want to say um I, I just I hated that it happened. It's you, you. There is no excuse to walk up to another man and and slap him in the face or punch him in the face. We're supposed to be adults, and like yes, we all love fighting, and and we all are are, are big proponents of the sport when it's sanctioned. When it's sanctioned, when it's in the cage, there's just not an excuse to to walk up to another man and punch him in the face unprovoked. And I get it when I say unprovoked. I understand there's. All the backstory. Yeah, I can't wait to see your fucking DMs after this segment. Jesus Christ. It's going to be fantastic. And to me, I think some people might write it off as not being a big jump between the verbal stuff, the professional stuff, and the physical stuff. You know, somebody talk talk shit about me. I'm going to show them. I'm going to go up and, and put my money where my mouth is. But I think that's a huge jump. I thought the same oh, thing absolutely. with Connor and Khabib. Like, you, you can talk all you want. You can say things. You can, it's awful. Tweets, whatever. We can talk about You shouldn't have said this or that. It gets raised to a whole other level when you start putting your hands on people. Well, li- li- listen, like, you know, like you just said, John, there's so many levels and layers to this. That yeah. I, I mean, even, like, I've been in this industry and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty ingrained in it now, but... I know certain levels. John knows even more levels than that, and he's hum- been in this. Humble brag. There you go. But but, but I mean, like, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, there's levels that I know. There's levels that John knows. There's probably levels that even John doesn't know. Right. And there's so many like intricate, detailed levels to this that we don't understand. And and at the crux of it, like, really, I mean, it sounds like a stupid thing to say, but we're adults. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're, I know. I, I understand that MMA attracts macho shit. I get it. Because obviously, I mean, you see me, I'm a specimen of a man. You're of course. Seeing, you know, oh, of course. But you know, MMA attracts macho bullshit. It attracts ego. And if you're in management, double down on those two things. You're a macho guy because you deal with fighters all the time. And you have an ego because you're just trying to get success. So, like John just said, collisions are inevitable. They are go- like I don't think there's any MMA manager who's like, I really like that other MMA manager. Right. I think so they all pretty much They all hate each other or dislike each other or like you say, have competitive. But there is, as Nolan just said, a, th- there's a huge jump between like, fuck that guy and physically walking up to them being, hey, smack. I mean, and, and in that, an incredibly public setting. Yeah, and incredibly that's the crazy just, part. Like, on the floor of an arena. Like, we reported as backstage. That's because I didn't understand 
uh, exactly where everything was. It wasn't even backstage. No, it, it, it was it, literally on the floor of the arena it, of it, Mandalay Bay Event Center. It was about 20 feet away from the cage. I mean, really. And this is where, we, you know, and that's where the E comes in. And, like, yeah, you have to be very careful here as well. And I know the brand I work for as well. And I know, like, the links I have to this. So I don't want to just sound like I'm shitting on a guy for no reason. But, like, let's be fair. Ali has a lot of allegations against him in regards to, like, the Colby Bastry and stuff like that. You know, I don't know. It's at a certain point, like PFL banned him today. But let's be honest, Ray Sefo, he tweeted actually at Abe Cowell like, "Oh, you're basically you're a fucking bitch for not fighting back." So it's like, do they ban him or do they ban I him because they realise right. the backlash? You know what I mean? Right. If someone, I don't know. It's just it's just complicated because Ali has so many high profile guys, so many people, and John, you've known him for years, and it, someone right. can be a good guy and a shit guy at the same time. It's fucking crazy. I'll, I'll, the one thing I'll say, uh, like about Ali, well, just for specifically with this situation, and I will give him the benefit of the doubt on one thing, as far as what I know of him, um, is that he's loyal to his guys. A million percent. Ready for this? To a fault. To a fault. That's a fair way to it's put it, man. To a fault. He, lo- dude, his. I've it, said it. And it's, his it's, heart it's, is in the right place. It is to a fucking fault. Yeah. And that's the only criticism. I have because being loyal is great, but if you're too loyal to where you're acting out in ways that really aren't professional, that are that that reflect bad on you, it reflects bad on your clients, it reflects bad on your sport, your company as a whole. That's the only thing yeah. where it's like you know, loyalty is great, but you can be loyal to a fault. It's funny because because it's a great man. That's well said because his heart is. Definitely in the right place, man. He fights for his clients, literally. I mean, he battles for his clients, man. And, and yeah, he'll he walk up and punch you. He will walk up and punch. And I, I wonder too. That's if the it, thing. I wonder if it, I wonder if part of it too. Like, it, like, I mean, we see all the social media and stuff like that. Where like, I mean, he gets on the mat. Like, he literally goes and trains. And I wonder if maybe, if maybe that's part of it. Like, maybe that's not. I mean, it's cool that you're in there, like, like r- literally rolling with your guys. But maybe that's then you don't have that separation of like, hey, we're not. Right, because you represent them. You're not. You're not them. Right. You're not your fighters. You represent well, your well, fighters. Well, listen, let, let, and you represent. You should represent them in the most professional way possible. I want to be clear. I'm, not, I'm, I'm also. I'm not defending Ali Abdulaziz, man. I think the guy is fucking pretty shady, and I think like a lot of shit needs to come out about that guy. But what I will say as well, and this isn't about him. This is a general conversation. I don't understand why we 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 even know we because we're media sure, but fans shouldn't know MMA managers' names. Managers should not be famous. Managers should be fucking in the background sorting out deals for their clients. You shouldn't know their names, and it, it it's I think it's an unfortunate trend recently, which I think Ali has perhaps sparked because Connor brought attention to him, and it maybe sparked this new idea of managers being part of the circus that we're in. Man, I I don't see a reason why people should know managers. What names, about right? if they're? What, and it's funny. Okay, that's, all right. Like for example, this, exa- is, for, this for, is almost a horrible connection no, but, that I'm about for, to make. For, for example, do I'm you, here for it. Do you know? Do, do you know David Beckham's manager's name? Absolutely Cristiano not. Ronaldo's manager's no, name? No. Okay, but I get. Okay, but I get that. But right. do you understand what I'm saying? So listen, I'm about to make a horrible connection, but I'm going to make it anyway. We just talked about Brock Lesnar, right? Like not necessarily the greatest talker of all time. So he's got a Paul Heyman, who everybody says is. Uh, I mean, and and look, I'd never heard Paul Heyman speak until that press conference the other day. Holy shit, he's captivating, dude. He's really he's captivating. tremendous. You know what I mean? So like, so for an Ali Abdelaziz or for somebody else to go to bat for their client, because we said like, look, man, this game is, and you know, this game is about marketing at this point. It is the quote unquote entertainment era, right? And if your guy is like, 
God bless. Hey, let's circle it back to the beginning. We're talking about Corey Anderson, right? I, you know, that's a Malky. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a Ali client. He's probably uh, yeah, sorry. That's, that's, a death, <laughs> that's a death threat coming your so, way. So, sorry about that. <laughs> that is a, an Ali client. Um, you know, like it's hard for Corey Anderson to market himself if somebody else can help market him. So in that situation, I would say like like David Beckham does not need help marketing himself. Well, have you heard you know, him? The, he sounds to, like a fucking idiot. To Oscar's idiot, point, though, to Oscar's point, there was there was a beautiful a, man. I say that back, David. I'm so sorry. To Oscar's point, there was a time when Drew Rosenhaus was making headlines. Uh, are we all familiar with who Drew Rosenhaus is? Football agent, right? Football agent. Uh, oh, no, all sports, right? All, a lot of sports. All, baseball, too? Uh, maybe maybe football. baseball, but he's mainly football. Pretty sure. Boris, Boris was baseball. So Boris is a baseball. Yeah. He, yeah. I think so, Rosenhaus mainly football. But, yeah. you know, there's only a couple of those names that you, that you really knew. And and especially with, like, Rosenhaus, if I'm not mistaken, he was Terrell Owens' uh, agent. Okay. Um, and so he would go to bat for Terrell Owens a lot, and Rosenhaus would be, like, in the headlines – but really only in those like extreme circumstances when he's dealing with a client who is controversial. And as, so far as I can tell with Ali's clients, like, you know, Khabib is not a trash talker, not controversial. Kamar Usman, not a trash talker, not controversial. Henry, Henry Saludo is <laughs> whatever. Uh, Khabib doesn't but, mind talking a bit of shit, man. Khabib it, talks a bit of shit. No, but, he's not, but he's not, a, he's not, a, he's not oh, well. like a... It's very responsive. Yeah, it's responsive. He's not out there trying to make headlines like a Colby Covington for instance, okay, yeah, you know, okay, but. he's not trying to do that sort of thing. So it's like, you know, who's on Ollie's roster where it's like, I have to make sure I defend this guy's character all the time. Really? He doesn't have that. So it's like, but, where but, does this all come from? But realistically, like, again, like, you know, you're saying, oh, could he be a Paul Heyman figure? Listen, like fucking listen, the Cowboys have Greg Hardy. Like if the, anyone needs to like be told, Hey, you shut up and we'll do the talking for you. Greg Hardy's background is enough to be like, you don't get to speak for like six fights. Right. They never speak for Greg. Greg does his talking, and Greg's really good at it. I said, really to you, I said, I said to you this week. I was like, dude, if he He's didn't, really if he didn't have that, I would say, regardless of regardless of how you feel about Greg Hardy, which is I think is legit, he has handled this well. Right? You're right, and they've let him. 100%. They've let him, and also like, and again, and MMA is in this really weird spot, and it's getting increasingly weirder, especially with like this fucking BMF title, which I don't even hate, and Sahudo and stuff like that. We're getting really in a weird spot where it's like, are we a sport or are we entertainment? Do you know what I mean? If we're sport, managers don't get to talk for you. It's on you to be interesting. You know, there's loads of soccer, but like most soccer players are boring fucking idiots. Well, and if you're the manager, just advise your clients behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, don't give, be out in front of them. Give them a couple of lines, you know, and we're and, in a sport where like Masvidal shows up and Jesus Christ, the guy's got charisma oozing off him, you know, but... I don't think it's a manager's responsibility to to talk for their clients, and that's why I don't like the fact that we even know the managers. Names. So should right. we be interviewing managers? Like, I mean, I don't, so, I don't think no? so. I don't think. I mean, because so. I mean, it's, I would I would say if we're interviewing, if, if if we are, we're probably just we're 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 like uh, we're abating this. We're right. allowing this. We're, we're, we're enabling. We're, building, it's we're, we're enabling the, I feel the like culture the ma- the of managers mattering to. I feel like the manager interview started when Audi was interviewed a lot for Conor Mayweather because yeah. everyone just needed any content related to it. Got loads of clicks. I feel right. that's when it started. But realistically, like we fans listening, you shouldn't give a fuck what the manager. I will, I will say. I will say one thing. I think in terms of news and stuff, like we I remember find, there, used yeah. to be, there used to be on like uh, on Ariel's show. Sometimes he'd have Malky come on and he'd just rattle off clients. He'd say. 
oh, you know, what's so-and-so up to, so-and-so, like, I get that. That's your news purpose. You know, you're trying to get updates, like, like you would with anybody else. You know, somebody's agent said they signed with, you know, yeah, I don't yeah. know, whatever. They're, they're exploring their options, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, they've interjected themselves into the conversation, so it's tough for us because, believe it or not, people do care about this. You they know? do. It is funny when people say nobody cares. No, I'm like, they, I've seen the clicks. Oh, they, like, no, they care. No, right. we've seen the page views. Right, yeah, yeah, they, they care. Listen, this Ali Abdelaziz versus Kawa shit, it's probably going to get more fucking page views than most fights this year. You know, if it if it turns That's out so as, if it turns out because this is not over, we, it's gonna happen for a while. If it turns out as nasty as we imagine, they get as public as we imagine they're going to. Yeah, especially because Connor brought Ali up, right? Yeah, it's in the public conscience. You know, like you put Ali's name out there, like read the comment sections; they're not very kind. Like people do care about it. It is, but, uh, but I, I think I, I do think that's the fault of the media. I think we cultivated them to have an environment to care do you know what I mean it is I'm I'm, I'm interested about it because I mean like like you you interview a manager like I mean what are they going to say of course they're going to say like what's in the best interest of their client that's everything they're going to say but but in the same token I mean Dana White's always going to say what's in the best interest of the UFC Scott Coker's always going to say what's in the best interest of Bellator but but he's not but like in that regard though if you bring up Dana he's not always going to say what's in the best interest of a particular fighter he will shit all over a fighter (laughs) you know what I mean depending on who it is whereas a manager's never going to shit all over his fighter but also Dana is like yes he will say whatever's in but at this point, like it or not, people, Dana's an authority figure. So if an authority figure tells you something, you, even if you deep down know, it's not. You have to take it as gospel because an authority figure is telling you this is what's happening. No, you're right. If you can't take the word of the UFC president, yeah, then and I don't what, think he's lied what, before. What I think he's been pretty true to his word most times. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, it is, it is funny because sometimes, like, you know, at the conclusion of about, like, we'll ask Dana, hey, what would you think about the main event? Like, so, sometimes I kind of wonder, like, why do we why do we care what he thought about the main yeah. event? Well, well no, but well, he'll tell because, you when it sucks. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah, and and it's because, he'll tell you when it sucks. And it's because, as you said, like, he's he's a trusted authority, he's authority figure, figure. You know what I mean? Like, he is. So it's like, you know, well, I compare this to, you know, this fight or I compare this rise to that rise. Yeah. But it is kind of funny when you're like – Hey, boss, what did you think about the yeah, fight? Sure. And know? again, that, that circles back to people, again, are interested in what Dana has to say. You know, his opinion matters. That is true. You know, yeah. for me and you, it might uh, have a certain weight, but for other people, it has more. So it's it's kind of a tough well, place for Dan, us. Because Dana's in a weird because he will actually shit on it. <laughs> he doesn't like it. You sure, know what yeah. I mean? so he's never going to just... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he blows smoke. Uh, uh, John, John and I have spoken about this. Like John, John's been in this game longer than anyone. You know, he's learned to speak Danaese. You know, like he knows Danaese. Dan- like yeah. yeah, like he, I can, love he, it. he can translate. Why, Dan- why are we not just calling it Danish? Oh, well done, well done, sir. I wouldn't have been mad if you I like that it. mic. I like I, it because yeah. I think it's already been taken. I don't know. <laughs> a country might be mad about it, but like you know, like you. You've said to me like you've been around him long. Like, you understand what he's saying, and, and yeah. So, but you have to take Dana at face value because he's an authority figure. And like, listen, the hardcore people who are listening to this podcast, you should know. Like, when Dana says something, you should be able to read like between the lines. This is what yeah. he's, this between what the he lines. Means, or this is fucking. Well, there's there there's there's it's 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 interesting because like we're we're getting off on a tangent, but when you talk about Dana and how you sort of you know. Um, attribute the news that comes from Dana's mouth. You know, I I, I kind of make a point for us on our site. Dana White says mm-hmm. because yeah. you don't know 
sometimes if it's like you try to read between the lines, yeah. it matters what he says. It does. But we don't always know that what he says is true. So you can't just say UFC books or UFC right, announced. Right, right. You say, or, or UFC announces. You say Dana White says. It's an right. indicator of intent. It's an indicator of direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not necessarily fact done. I know right. It's accurate. But maybe not it's, factual. And, that's and, the and, thing. And, and there's a difference between accuracy and truth. And, and, and that's, that's what, the thing. Let's also give Dana like a mild bit of fucking escape rope. Like shit changes a lot in this industry. Oh, absolutely. I mean? yeah. If somebody stuck a microphone in my face and they tried to figure out how many inconsistencies I had in yeah, any given you know month, I mean? like, I'd be in trouble, man. Like that, that is true. That yeah. is true. Like to be fair, as you said, because like we've kind of busted his balls for sometimes not saying the truth. Away. But there are some things that we like that at the moment he tells you it is true. And then the next day it changes and it you know it's yeah, not true I, anymore. I think the thing with him too is like he doesn't use obviously the same vernacular as we would use as writers or reporters or confirming bouts, but at the same time uh, he always I think sometimes he speaks factually as in that's the feeling I'm getting like we're gonna we're gonna get this fight done. It's not a fact that's a feeling, but it's stated as a fact. So it's kind of that that, that and, fine line. Dana and the thing about Dana is you have to read him because Dana will be real about certain things, right? But say you took you look at last week with the whole Yoana uh, weight cut thing, and he comes out and he's like, "Don't believe what you read." Well, wait a minute, no, 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 no. That's that's not necessarily that's not true. Like there was a real issue with Yoana's weight cut. You guys were exploring options. Just because she made weight doesn't mean that you you know. Audiences shouldn't believe well, I mean, what I mean, you read. Like, right. don't shit on the media. That I mean, way. I mean, and also Dana White was. So like, that's just PR spin, obviously. Dana, you know? was, Dana White was like asked about by MMA junkies for all. Was asked like, oh, what about uh, Amanda versus uh, Jermaine Duranamy? He's like, hey, listen, if you don't hear it from us, like, it's not true. He's like, you fucking said that. Yeah, like, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> you who said that. And after the Abu Dhabi card, we're like, uh, Dana doesn't apparently doesn't know that Amanda versus uh, if you didn't hear from us, it's happening. not true. Oh, but I heard it from you. Oh, well, then it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you probably said that. In that regard, he's probably got like 30 or 40. Listen, the guy's busy. I know he does. He's he busy, does. and now he's going to start boxing for me. All right, well, speaking of busy. Anyway. Yeah, dude. There like, are beverages to be drank here. We've we been talking for way so long. That was, that, I, that was either a really solid, uh, just, you know, tangent discussion off topic, or it, we just bored the shit out of everybody, and they tuned out, and they, they've closed it long ago. Sorry, so. this sorry, is, sorry. This is Boston, man. This well, is a winning we all, edition. We, we want peace in MMA. That's it. Peace somehow and we want no death. Somehow we, we want, want no death. We want peace <laughs> in this sport that revolves around yes, fighting we just want and violence. Love. All be we like, want. Be like Greg Hardy. Find peace in the violence. Yes. Oh, well done, <laughs> sir. Well done. Not Way to close stay. it all home. UFC Boston. Beverages to be drank. Friday night card. We'll all be there. We'll all cover it. MMA Junkie will have amazing coverage. The Mac Life will have amazing coverage as well. Yeah, boy. In the meantime, thanks for listening. 